listening to the Gamecaster. Gamecaster. Gamecasters. Natalie, Jeff, and Ryan are the Gamecasters, and they do a board game show, inboxes, and nooks, and games, and top five lists, and sometimes there's fart jokes. Welcome back, gamers, to another hot and gooey episode of the Gamecasters, the show that's so hot and gooey. You'll think you just accidentally stepped your bare foot into a sticky puddle of gummy bears that were left out in the sun by your children, you sickos. <laughs> we got a show lined up for you today filled with lots of talking about things you'll enjoy if you're in the tiny minority of the general population who enjoys the sorts of things we talk about. Luckily for you, weirdos, you have us weirdos. Today we'll be discussing, for the next 160 minutes, how cardboard is made. You didn't think it was all just Arc Nova reviews and dick jokes, did you? <laughs> Sit down, you BDNBFs, and enjoy, or else Jeff will come to your house and tell all your loved ones you play games about face-tentacled monsters for fun. <laughs> Nerds. From the paper mill, <laughs> rolls of paper are transported to a corrugating or a converting plant. At the plant, layers of craft paper are crimped and glued to form corrugated cardboard, which is then cut, printed, folded, and glued to make the stupid little dweeby things idiots with no girlfriends like to use to escape from the fact that nobody loves them. That's a direct quote from the Riverside Paper Company website. <laughs> Pretty brutal, but you have to appreciate their alienating honesty. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. In today's episode, we are instead going to detail for you the ways in which Natalie denies Ryan of all worldly pleasures, beginning with analytics of the board games she won't let him buy. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. <laughs> in today's episode, we are instead going to talk all about why it's in fact healthier to just eat chili cheese fries for every meal instead of this stupid goddamn diet that I'm doing that obviously everyone hates. I'm joking, of course. <laughs> Oh my God. Today we're actually going to discuss why Jeff constantly being better than me in every way makes me die a little more inside each and every time. Please, someone make it stop. I'm joking, of course. Wow. Okay. My first guests on the show are Natalie and out. Jeff yeah. the Mad Board Gamer. <laughs> <laughs> two friends bound and mashed together by the man talking currently. We've never interviewed <laughs> these two on the show, so I think it's high time we end the nonsense and just continue on as normal. So you guys, <laughs> I'm currently about seven months into my pub meeple rankings. Yes. Seven yeah. months. It's been a couple of years since I Christmas did that time. last. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. About three or four hours a day. Yeah. That, yep. <laughs> well, all makes sense. And what I love about Pub Meeple is it really seeks to answer the age old question, Lisboa or the mind? Yeah. And how do you, the how do you mind. answer that? You messaged me and you were like, so I'm still doing this. And it felt like I've been doing it for weeks. I'm like, because you have been. Yeah. You have. You yeah. have been doing it for weeks. <laughs> Look at the and date. Weeks. It's weeks after you originally thought. <laughs> yeah. But okay. So like Arc Nova or Tumbling Dice? You know, I'm like, whoa. How do you, yeah, I know. How do you Happy Salmon that? or Teotihuacan? How do you, right. how? How do you do that? Yeah. So, I don't know. If you don't know Pub Meeple, pubmeeple.com is a website that hosts a podcast by the same name, though I don't know if they're still releasing episodes anymore. Sure. I don't know. It looked like the last one on the website anyway was back in like May of 21. I think they probably listened to our show and were like, we should just we, shut What down. are we doing? Why we are we doing shut this? We'll just, yeah. They're also a <laughs> blog and the thing that most people likely know, their ranking engine. What this site does is it takes your entire BGG collection and games played and then shows you two games at a time from that list and just asks you to simply choose one. Simply choose one. That's all. This diabolical website pits your favorite heavy games against your favorite light games and your favorite medium games against your favorite party games. And it's just like, come on, bro, pick one. The Crew or Maracaibo. Which is it? Choose one. And don't be wrong, because we're going to populate a list based on your decisions that will be used by you to talk about in a podcast episode about all your favorite games all the time. Yep. I got an idea. It's a fun exercise. This wouldn't work in all situations, but like for Sucking something dick. like Lisboa or The Mind <laughs> or like Teotihuacan or Tumbling Dice. Okay. What if you thought like if I if pick one that you like never had to play again 
And which one would you like rather never? Well, see, that's like, the thing. It's not, like I, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'll look at a game, I'll look at two games that are together, and I'm like, this is the better game, so I'm picking this game. And other times I'm like, I'd rather play this game right now, so I'm picking this game. And so yeah. I'm not consistent with I it. I do the same thing yeah. where I'm like, I know this is a better, I know that Lisboa is a better game than the mine. Right. So I probably pick Lisboa. But sometimes I'm like, all right, if I walked into game night and both, uh, and one which of these, one am I more which excited, one am I more yeah. excited to play? Right. But again, it's totally Yeah, I'm not consistent random. at all. I know. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, Lisboa, for sure. And then later it's like The Mind or um, what uh, Twilight Struggle. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, Twilight uh, Struggle, again, is a better game, but I think I'd rather play The Mind. Yeah, so I click yeah. The Mind, I'm like, that's just completely ugh, yeah. in the face of everything I did before. <laughs> I seven months of work, I can't stop Thrown down the drain with one click. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I was clicking for what seemed like hours, and as I became weary and a bit out of it, I saw Cameron or Scarlet, LOL. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I screamed and ran oh, upstairs no. to the warm comfort of Natalie's top front. <laughs> Which I think is her best quote. Good God, Natalie. <laughs> That's your worst quote. <laughs> so what's up with you guys? Any uh, new shows you've been watching? Ever pee in bottles when there isn't a bathroom handy? Things like that? Yeah, we have to talk about this. <laughs> we so have we have to talk about something that Emily from Date Night Dice put yeah. on her stories. I want you to imagine that you know someone who does this. Yeah. So Nat, uh, if you so can, Emily asked for some funny stories and she then reposted one of these funny stories. Which I thought was hilarious. Good stuff. And I'm like, could... Could you imagine being this person or living with this person? And essentially the story was that this person works from home, sits in their basement, and instead of going upstairs to go pee, what? not upstairs, just one flight of stairs. One flight of stairs in the bathroom's right at the top of that the stairs. Person, okay, we're getting let's a little just specific. Refer to, we're getting a little hyper let's just specific refer to him, here. Let's just refer to that person as a he. He <laughs> pees in a... In a, in a bottle that he had previously drank out of, right? Wait, so he wait. Drinks, he, no, 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 no. A tea bottle. Well, well, you can you can you can come in at the end. So a, an empty tea here. bottle. So we'll just say like Arnold Palmer's. Yeah. Okay. So not like full Seems tea, reasonable. but like Arnold. Palmer's. A little yeah. lemonade so in there. Arnold yeah, it's a little Palmer yellowish. Drink is empty because he had drank that earlier, right? Right, right. And then it goes. You know, I have to pee. I don't want to go up eleven steps. I need to whip it out in the basement. And pee into this bottle and then seal it up. And no one will ever know what I've done. And this is what this person does. And let's just does. hope could nobody imagine, comes down. Could you imagine being or living with that person? Well, maybe. Natalie? I, <laughs> I didn't know that I did until Wait last a minute. Weekend. I could imagine if, if said bottle was like a little bit tall enough that it was the exact cc's amount of a human bladder. And so when you fill it up, it's like right. So to you're the telling me top. that this person pees in this bottle. Well, I don't and it know. Goes it's all the way to the top, so it's close to almost overflowing. No, 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 of- no. It's like it's like factory filled to the top. Oh. So when you open like a tea, I'm this is all hypothetical. Well, that when when somebody everything. opens a tea bottle at the store, you know, there's like that little like there's like a little penis heads worth of space. <laughs> okay, penis heads worth. of <laughs> You know, like from the from the tippy yeah. top to the tippy and tippy you top. Know that? No, I, I have no idea. This right. is just a guess. From this person who yeah, if you're not catching on, Brian all. sits in his basement and pisses in bottles. Well, I stand. Oh, oh you do stand. I stand up. Yeah, and okay. I, I th- there's. This I want to know how. Right, let me talk about it. No, no, no. Until last I want Natalie weekend, to talk about it. When, when uh, <laughs> I thought it was a safe space, and I was telling my good dear friends, but now here yeah, we are on the podcast. Last so. weekend, Ben and M <laughs> came over for Memorial Weekend, and we all hung out. Jeff and Devin, which was so fun. Blah blah blah. It was so great. Fun. Yeah. Went to the zoo. Awesome. Blah blah blah. Then this story comes out. I don't even know why you told us this, but I had no idea that this happened. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I had no idea that you did this. And I was honestly kind of mad at you because I was like, ew. Well, okay. It's just a urine receptacle that eventually and always makes it to the toilet. Well, sometimes. So then you carry it upstairs, dump it into the toilet. Yeah. So do you have like two or three bottles down here full of urine? No, it's always one. 
And then when I go up for the night or something, I just bring it with me, you know, tuck it under my arm so no one sees, and then just like covertly, and then put it in the recycle bin, which is right outside you the bathroom. You want to know the very it's perfect. worst. So it's your perfect bottle, So your recycle bin is full of piss-lined bottles. No, 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 because like Cameron changes that once a week. You don't even rinse no? it out? Rinse out the bottle? Yeah, you're supposed to when you recycle. I rinse the bottle of tea out with my urine stream. Ew. <laughs> what do you rinse the urine stream out with? More urine? <laughs> urine well, is very, very, can very I tell you the sanitary. Worst part? I hope it's urine. <laughs> the worst part about all of this is that he said that he couldn't tell one time. One time. Okay, one time. When the <laughs> bottle was either was pee or tea. All right, so which poop or chocolate. One is disturbing <laughs> you, because... The color of Arna Palmer is still like brownish. No, I didn't. Yeah, it looked the same. All right, so I, I, all right, I, I was having one of my sessions, <laughs> and I peed in the bottle, and I went upstairs, and I just forgot to bring with me. You know, have you ever forget? It happened to me. But you and went so, upstairs, you could have just peed. No, no, this was like this hours later, and hours later. Hours so later. I peed. Course, I'm watching a YouTube video. You can't pause the YouTube video, and it's, it's, oh, I was, okay. it was feeling real good. Yeah. I went upstairs, you know, after a long night of empty bladder bottles yeah and i was happy i didn't have to stop by the toilet so then i come downstairs the next day and i open a tea and i'm drinking a tea and i put it down on my desk to my left right next to what i didn't realize at the time was a your piss bottle was a (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know if i i don't know i mean that's not a technical piss bottle but yeah so i put it down there and then i walk away and i come back sometime later and i'm looking at them and i'm like i'm thirsty but i can't tell difference which is which so what'd you do sniff it no i dumped them that's both what out. i said i, was like, I dumped them both it? out i just dumped them both out yeah i'm not a fucking so animal yeah you pissing in bottles now wasted an entire arnold palmer well mm-hmm. the toilet was happy usually it just gets pee and poop this oh, time it got this iced one tea. it got iced tea <laughs> <laughs> oh <my laughs> refreshed ah, thank you but it got iced tea and pee and at the same lemonade time. <laughs> yeah but, so it didn't but get still it got more got iced tea time. than normal right usually it gets like <laughs> it gets nothing it gets now broken it down iced tea and converted into urine this, this is time not ryan is actually... not a truck driver <laughs> right ryan works in insurance in his basement. <laughs> in his basement it is a true man cave now listen it doesn't it sounds disgusting yeah and maybe it is mm-hmm. and i can't really defend myself so have you done this a hundred times no 50 well you didn't go higher Okay, two hundred times. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Like, have I, you done this? Uh, have you done this fifty times? Like, no, is not this a once chance. a day. Not a chance. Once a week. It w- so. I, first of all, here it doesn't happen anymore. I don't drink that anymore. Oh yeah, I'm, all, I'm on water since, since his diet. diet. So for the last two months or so, it hasn't happened because at all. Where do you pee? But now? it was probably <laughs> now. I have to force myself to go upstairs. It sucks. I look around in the basement. I'm like, what receptacle is available? And there's nothing. Like. The la- you could go pee in the laundry tub. That's like a drain. There's no laundry tub there. It's upstairs. Oh. Yeah, we don't have a laundry tub there. Oh, yeah, I would. Right. It's like four steps from the bathroom. To the exactly. <laughs> then I gotta Although the laundry tub is about three feet closer to me than the bathroom. So maybe it's I should true. do yeah, the laundry go. tub. <laughs> Come on, we've all done this, right? If, if you had a laundry tub in your basement, we've all just peed in there. I have, no, I have peed in, I have peed in a like, like a leftover McDonald's cup stuck in traffic on my way to chicago <laughs> i've done that i've never sat in my own basement feet you away ba- from wait, something but you have a bathroom in your basement though. okay even in my house growing up in redford i would re- I, like peed in the peed in a sink or something like that a instead sink. of like let me pee in my what's bottle worse? Oh my what's God. worse wait, 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 what's worse it. peeing in a sink or peeing in a arnold palmer tea bottle natalie you tell us i'm a sink that's worse I think so. What about like, oh, so I'm talking about like laundry tub, like that kind of sink, like a laundry tub. I'll be honest. I'm a girl, so all this sounds really gross So peeing to me. in a laundry tub. I've never peed in anything. The bottle doesn't touch anything in, a... in the entire house. It just goes in the bottle and then is gone. The only thing you that I have peed in, in that isn't a toilet, it's, the water it's just goes. like the woods. <laughs> I think we can both justify reasons for this. I'm, I'm yeah. on your side here. 
I'm with yeah. you. I, I think I think this is a thing all men do. When I say your side, I mean Jeff's side. I think men do this. Yeah. If, if you're lazy enough and you have something that's the perfect amount. I drank a shit ton of tea one day and I was like, my bladder's full. And one of these Arnold Palmer bottles took the entire thing and said, thank you. Oh, my God. What if you got, like, great. you ever seen Dumb and Dumber where he's just peeing and filling up the bottle yeah. over yeah. and over yeah. again? What if you got to a point of, like, no return? Well, that happened one time when I used to buy the smaller bottle, so I started buying the bigger bottle. Oh. And problem solved. In your face. Yep. Got problem it. solved. Your bladder's only so What if I start buying you cans? Your, what's that? What if I start buying the cans? Oh. That would shred the shit out of the tip. No thanks. If I wasn't circumcised, I would be with those. No, I'm no. just kidding. That supposes that I stick my entire dick inside the can. It's just the tip goes right up against the bottle. Emily was like laughing even, at me about it. And she's like, oh, so you just put your entire penis in? I'm like, well, no! Even putting just it the, can't fit in the bottle! Even just the tip up against the, the metal... Would be yeah, it would be no pass. bueno. That'd be no bueno. Yeah, that could cut you. No, the plastic bottle is ideal. It's perfect. It was perfect. No spillage. So nothing. if you ever make oh, your boy. way over to the James household, do not <laughs> drink any unsealed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if drink. you see a bottle lying around, something, don't just be like, oh, let me get a swig. You of know it. what? You shouldn't do anyway. Not though take a swig of anything. And you from shouldn't the James anyway. Household. This is my deterrent for people that constantly come over to my house and drink my beverages. That's you really do why I started houses. Yeah, oh, man. So you heard of the tea so... games? Uh, Ryan does the P games. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So w- you guys been watching any TV? <laughs> yeah, watch the TV. Yeah, watching Stranger Things. Yeah, I'm only a few in, so don't spoil anything. And for the rest of the world who hasn't seen it, it is Spoiler. so it's so good. Good. He just told us not to spoil it. Oh my god! Now I'm going in with my Shit. mind already. Now blown. he thinks it's good. Yeah, it is. Well, I think it's the best knows, season of the show. Everyone who yet. watched that show thinks. So it's good. I like season one out of one, two, and three. I like season one the best. Because I was telling Natalie before we started recording that it feels the most natural with their friendship. It's the first time you see these monsters and this upside down. It's kind of like it's the new experience, right? Absolutely. And then seasons mm-hmm. two and three have a similar story arc, right? Here's the monster. Here's how they fight. Here's the monster. Here's how they fight. Mm-hmm. Cool. I have a feeling that this fourth season is going in a, in a cool, different, unique sort of direction, which I'm happy about. Um but yeah, it starts great. I'm only three in, but I've I've been really liking it so far. Yeah, I agree with that. That's the first great. season is. It's easier to like the first season, I think, the best because of you remember you attached that mind blowingness to it when you first saw it. Yeah, like you were blown. Mm-hmm. You were blown. You were getting like, blown the whole time blown, you watched blown. that. Which sounds gross. We're talking about a show about children. Yes. Anyway, it, you're, oh it was God. like it was like this show that came out of nowhere. I feel like and was like, oh my God, this is the best. This is like the best show on TV. Yeah. Yeah. So season two and three, that that sheen was gone, but. In exchange for that, you know all the characters more. Yeah, and, yeah I like you know. You know what I mean. Sure. Well, I'm not saying yeah. that. Yeah, I'm not saying like this. They should be thought of as better. I just mean I think I. It's easier to understand. It's easy to understand how people are like. Season one is the best season. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of all those feelings that everybody had to it when we first watched it. Yeah. But yeah, this fourth season, Ooh. my goodness, yeah. my goodness, is it goodness? It's goodness. It's goodness in the TV. So once we finish it, but then you also have to get to a point where I'm assuming it's going to be some cliffhanger and wait for now the last two parts. Yeah, so they released the first seven episodes, and then the last two episodes are coming out July 1st. The same thing. Everybody's doing that now. It just seems to be the. It's just weird. It's only two. Why release they're both like really two long. hours plus? I know yeah. they're yeah. long. Well, the 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 eighth one I think is not right. I think the eighth one's like uh, an hour and a half, and but then the last one's like two and a half hours. Hours. This is like I know. Watching That's what I said. Season four of movies. Yeah. It's great. Though. And then I think yeah. season so five is the final season. It of is Stranger Things. So the last like this 
the last two episodes are the last nope, episodes. Nope. There, no. There's another that's renewed four. for a season five. So the last okay. two episodes is so still technically season four. So there's one more season after four. this that's going to be the final season. But good Lord, if you haven't watched Stranger Things at Ooh, all, so I don't know what you're good. doing with your life. Yeah, start, yeah. start Stranger Things. But also, like, I don't like watching, like, scary movies and stuff. So, like, this is a show where, like, it's I love it. But if we watch it really late at night, I get a little scared. Well, and this season, I think, is probably the darkest. This is the scariest. And the scariest of all Like, there was, like, my dog, you know, still hurt sometimes. So I have to take him out on a leash to go outside. And, like, it was, like, you know, 10 o'clock at night. And I made Ryan go with me. I was like, can you come with me outside? I'm too scared to go out in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) Also, I love that they call that other world the upside down. I just think that's the coolest name for it. It's cool. I love the, like, there's a lot of nerdy D&D things, like. You know the what was yeah. it, what's the first one? The Demogorgon. Demogorgon, like that's that's the D and D thing, right? That's the whole mm-hmm. the the nerd culture of the upside down and the fantasy thing. I really like. That's probably a big reason why a lot of a lot of us types peoples yeah. <laughs> like Stranger Things a lot because it mm-hmm. does it's very nerd culture stuff and easy to identify with and yeah. yeah, it's really cool. But it also at the same time has that freaks and geeks kind of feel to yes. it. You yeah, know? you know, which is just really good. Just so good. We're yeah. also we also finished a show called Under the Banner of Heaven. Oh, is that the one Hulu? you were talking about on Discord? Yeah, it was on Hulu. Uh, it's well, it's still on Hulu. Um, <laughs> it's it's good. There's like there's this murder in this uh, like Mormon community in Utah, and it kind of like unfolds from there. There's some religious ties and things like that. Is but it a true story? It's a, based on it. Yeah, it's a true story. So, and oh, okay. this guy kind of questions his faith as he's sort of um, figuring out what's going on in this well, with like this murder and in this town. And overall, it's good. I wish it was shorter. Um, like each episode, just the the whole thing, right? Mm. I feel like it, it's money, right? So you get, yeah, you have to make this seven episodes. Overrun. But I would have like really liked if it was like four, just really solid episodes. Yeah. But again, that's just nitpicking. Um, but it's, no, that's it's, that's valid. It's pretty good. It's a heavy show. You have to like watch it, and there's there's it's not very light. Um, because yeah. you know, there's there's murder, there's like in religion, the way, it, like a Handmaid's a lot of, like, Tale stuff. is heavy. Yeah, you're like, like you're yeah, watching, yeah. and you're like. Okay, that was a lot to take. I'm going to need to go watch cartoons yeah, now. Yeah, it's about the murder of this woman and like a 15th month old. So there's kind of like, there's some weight behind that too. So go in. You have to have the mental space to watch it. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you don't want to watch it, watch Stranger Things. Cause Fuck yeah. That's Stranger Things too. is so, um, another heavy heavy season. Although there's still levity like in, in Stranger Things because it's it still has that like... That humor, that like yeah, childlike the, yeah. humor to like break it up. Yeah. yeah. Dust, Dustin? Dustin. Dustin. Yeah. Dustin. Yep. Dustin he's, and he's Steve's rapport is like really funny. Yeah. yeah, him and Steve's, you're right, exactly. There's a lot of, and there's new characters in this season even that are awesome, yeah. I mm-hmm. think, in this new season of Stranger Things. Um, okay, what else? Are we watching anything else? The Boys. The Boys the is boys back. The Boys came out. Yeah, The Boys is back. Yay. I haven't started the new season yet. But the Boys is back in town. It's great. Season. It's good. Man, is it It's good. really good. It's weird. I feel like that's a super popular show, but I feel like I keep coming up to people and talking when I, whenever we talk about TV shows. They're like, "The Boys." I never heard of that. And I'm like, "What?" I know. Isn't it? Su- am, I, am I wrong that it's like ridiculously popular? Well, I it keeps. Don't know. It always pops. Everybody has a Fire Stick that they watch everything on, so it's yeah, always it's like face on, the front, on there. But right, yeah. it's you, an have Amazon have Prime, you have to have Prime to watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that could be a, a hindrance. Yeah, interesting. Prime, I, but, I guess I assumed man, it was like like Stranger Things is in the zeitgeist of everyone knows when you hear Stranger Things, you know what that means. Yeah. But I, I felt like The Boys was kind of right up there, but I don't think yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think it is as popular. Although, what is as popular? Stranger I Things know, is one of the But The Boys the is really good, and it's it's another one of those shows that's just, like, insane. I think we talked about it probably a long time ago when we talked about probably the prior seasons of The Boys, but... The Boys. The Boys. Just, 
from the season one like crazy stuff yeah and it's funny i was telling i was on stream the other night and i was telling i think it was sam miss french toast i think i was telling her to watch it and she was like oh, okay again she'd like i feel like she'd never heard of it and joe um deep water joe joe jitsu was in chat and he was like he said something really what i thought was really good he was like you'll know if you like or don't like the show from the first episode yeah, I think so. He was like, if you watch the first episode and you hate it, you're going to hate the show. Yeah. If you watch the first episode and you like it, you're going to like the show. Yeah. Because yeah. it starts out the gate. That's the tone of the show. Yeah, the tone is set from the very first episode. It doesn't yeah. like build up to a tone or like it doesn't like start crazy and then get less crazy. Right. It's, it just starts what it is and then yep. that's what it is even now. <laughs> yeah, even it in takes the superhero idea and kind of flips it on its head. Right. Which Everyone is sort of cool. If it's not just the another anti superhero. superhero show. and yeah. the superhero, they're kind of clashing. It's sort of a different. You know, it, it, it's corporatized or like corporatized, right word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're not. They're not like. They're not just like pure good for the sake of being good. Yeah. Right. It's almost like. I guess even calling them superheroes is probably a wrong thing. They're just right. people they're with superpowers. Super yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of people with superpowers in this world, and you know, everyone's trying to be in this like top seven, which are just chosen ones yeah, by this, this corporation, this <laughs> right. and and most of it's all fake. You know, f- a show for the world the public but yeah. that's not like really who they are kind of like you know reality tv type stuff and um it's just really it's good. crazy yeah crazy and good are, are two words for it that i think are crazy and good <laughs> but, but is it crazy good it's i think yes, so yes. personally it's i crazy. think so it's good but i crazy do good. know a lot of people that strongly dislike yeah, it. yeah I can, and i, I don't can blame see why certain that, people wouldn't like it Violent, it's a lot. I could understand. Can be. At first, when I heard the first person, it was Ken from the Date Night Dice podcast. He was like, I can't stand that show. And I was like, I was, my mind was blown at, at the beginning. I was like, are yeah. you kidding me? How can anyone not like it? And after hearing his reasons, I was like, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I Fine. suppose okay. I completely agree now. Yeah, I love it. But I could see how somebody wouldn't. For yeah, sure. You know? For sure. Um, do you guys have anything else? Are Are you going to talk about the the recent nominations that have been are you so, gonna talk about it every year. I'll, Cut I'll this out. I'm still. I'll, no, you're right. It's, it, I was kind of leading right into. We'll it. be right back. Every year, <laughs> when the Spiel des Jahres nominees are announced, I like to do everything I can to make Natalie type, and just buy all the ones I haven't played yet, <laughs> so we can you know cover them mm-hmm. cover them on the show. It's a business expense. It's a business. Right? It's, expense. A, it's a business expense. A write off. This year, we don't have a business. The Spiel. We don't have a business. <laughs> our, our business is fun. Our business is entertainment. Our business is fart jokes. Anyway, this year. The Spiel nominees have been announced. Natalie and I have played one of those, Cascadia. Jeff, you haven't played Cascadia yet. Nope. Uh, we've covered that on the show. Scout. Scout. Let Scout. it all out. Let <laughs> it all out. This is the game we'll be talking about. Okay. And top 10. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm coming for oh, you. you. <laughs> um, so we have Cascadia. Scout and Top 10 are the nominee, the three nominees. Oh, Top 10 is the name of a game? Co- yes. Top 10 is the name of a game. Yeah. It's kind of, it's almost, what are you eating? I thought you just, just I thought you just what? pulled out a Hershey bar. I, last episode <laughs> I listened to, I could hear Natalie eating Aww. on the last one. Well, she was like, you it's were in the talk. Crinkle. Yeah, she opened the wrapper yeah, the and then wrapper. she tried to like hide the wrapper. Yeah, it was a wrapper. Wrapper. I put it under the table that wouldn't pick it up. Oh, it was so loud. The wrapper opening was, was like the loudest bar. thing. It was funny. <laughs> um, so, okay. Cascadia, Scout, 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 and... <laughs> Top 10 are the three nominees for the Spiel des Jahres, which is like yep. the family game of the year put out by, it's it's from Germany, and it's like really touted as like the thing of the year that yep. all gamers know about. If you're, in, if you're in the hobby at all, you know the Spiel des Jahres. Um, top 10 is one that, I don't know that that's coming to the U.S. yet. 
That's, you, there's that, no English by version. By far of the it. hardest to find. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that one's kind of like a wavelength type of game. Mm. I'm to understand. It's similar okay. similar to a wavelength. Um Anyway, as for the Kennerspiel nominees, which is like the more medium weight games, like they're supposed to be billed as like gamer, yeah, the gamery game. games, not family weight, which is the Spiel des Jahres, the Kennerspiel des Jahres. Uh, we've played two of the three of those: Cryptid, which came out back in the '90s, and yeah. Dune Imperium. Mm-hmm. I needed to get the third one to fully immerse myself in all the corrugated cardboard the Kennerspiel has bestowed upon us, and so I went out and foraged for living forest. In Living Forest, players are trying to save a forest from some fire demon thing and are racing to the end of the game in one of three different ways, either collecting 12 different tree tiles, 12 fire tokens, or having 12 flowers in your card array at any one time on your turn. Once that happens, the game ends immediately in a win for whichever player did that. Each player has a deck of 14 cards that will direct the flow of the game. Each card is filled with lush artwork of like cartoonish animals. It looks really good. And on each animal card are one or more symbols with numbers next to them. These symbols translate into actions during your turn in the following way. Each player simultaneously draws cards from their deck and places them in a line from left to right, drawing cards until either choosing to stop or until they have three solitary animals with this unique black coin symbol in their card array. If players choose to stop before they have three solitary animals, they get to now take two actions in the next phase. If they drew three solitary animals, kind of akin to like busting, then they only get to take one action. Okay, it's kind of a similar thing in Quacks Quedlinburg, right? If you bust, you either get to buy or get points. If you don't bust, you get to do both. Similar thing in this game, except it's with either one action or two actions. The actions you can take are buying more cards, fighting the fire in the middle of the board, planting tree tiles on your board, moving along a track on this satellite board that also has additional actions on it, or collecting flowers, which isn't really an action. So on your turn, you either take one or two of those actions, depending on the total number of symbols that match the icons that are on those cards that you just drew. A higher number equates to a stronger action. So each turn, you're hoping to draw as many cards as possible before quote-unquote busting. These are cards that you can, I'm sorry, there are cards you can buy to mitigate the solitary animal cards. And by the end of the game, it is possible that you're drawing like your entire hand of 20 cards to the table to take an insanely cool turn. That's cool. Yeah. As I said, the game ends when either you have 12 fire tokens, which you collect by taking the fight fire action, or 12 unique tree tiles, which you buy by taking the tree tile action, or collecting 12 flowers, which you do by having 12 flower tokens um, that are on cards in your card array at one time. Which, if you're drawing like 20 cards, is can be easier to do. So things I liked. This game is very fun. I love push your luck games, and this one has that feel to it without feeling super punishing if you bust. As the cards that have that solitary icon on them also usually have higher numbers of the symbols on them, which means you aren't drawing as many cards, but you will at least get still you still get bigger numbers. So your turn isn't just completely useless. There is another way to get cards that have that symbol on them that do nothing, that clog your deck up. That only happens if you don't fight the fires every turn. As long as you do that, though, you don't get those cards clogging your deck, and you can kind of still get good turns when you bust. The artwork on the cards is so good. It's a real shame that during the game, you're basically covering up the artwork to only show the symbols. As, man, it looks really fun 
like just looking at the cards is really fun because they're really, really cool looking. I also really enjoy how this game played well with both my son, who's 10. Uh, he beat me, by the way, as well as with adults, as Natalie and I played as well. And I felt the same level of fun and excitement with both Cameron and Natalie. It was really fun each turn deciding how to spend your action points and which of the symbols to activate, as you can only do at most two of the five possible actions each turn. There is a cool race feel as you're competing with your opponents to put out that fire this turn, even though you really wanted to buy that card that gives you more flowers symbols but if you don't fight that fire then your opponent will and they'll just be that much closer to winning with fire tokens the game plays very quickly and never drags or feels as though you want it to end as it ramps up super quick one moment it seems as though it'll take an hour or more to get everything done and then before you know it 20 minutes later it's about to end on the next turn unless you can do something quick or draw the exact cards you need to snatch that token away from your opponent things i didn't like though the game is not without its flaws it's incredibly light which at first isn't an issue, as the fun of the design shows through, and it's a it's really the star of the show. However, in repeat plays, I think this is going to get old really quickly if they don't expand. As simply put, there just aren't that many cards in the game. And so you're going to see them all after just a couple of plays. Something like Quacks deals with this really well, as they make the tokens do different things and have different powers that you can introduce to make it feel fresh after things start to get stale. This doesn't have that system. It's just the exact same tree token each game, the exact same fire tokens, the exact same cards you need to build your engine the right way. I don't see it standing up over time to repeated plays without expanding could it. You, could you just add... Could the expansion change what the fire tokens did like Quacks? It Would could. Would that be an easy... I, again, it I'm could easy. I'm saying relatively. I just I do a podcast. And Absolutely. Studies, but um, <laughs> that. OK, so that, yeah, that th could be a way to make Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, more more cards, I think, is probably the easiest way to make it last. Uh, more tree tokens, potentially, or even another icon that lets you do something else. Other than that, it's going to be I think it's going to feel samey very, very fast. I'm also a bit curious with its inclusion in the Kennerspiel category, as this game is very light. It's certainly more on par with something like Cascadia, which is in the Spiel des Jahres, than it is something like Dune Imperium. It's really strange. Other heavier games should likely have been given consideration, I feel like, over Living Forest in the Kennerspiel category. But overall, I really, really enjoyed it. And I think with an expansion or so, this game could be really great and continue to shine. Without it, though, I think it's going to fade away into Obscurium and be more remembered as that weird game that was nominated for the Kennerspiel that one year that shouldn't have been, maybe. <laughs> that probably won't win. Are you, so are you saying <laughs> yeah, it's not going to win? Yeah, that probably won't win. Are you are you making a bold are you making a call? A bold ass prediction? Yeah. I don't think it's better than Cryptid or Dune Imperium personally. Okay. Yeah. I, and a lot of that I think is due to the weight. But also like it doesn't seem comparable to those two. Well, so that's the thing. I think it's I think it exists in this weird nebulous to the to At the, least not Dune Imperium. To the, the committee whoever decides these games. I think they were probably like, well, this is probably a little bit heavier than the Spiel games even though I don't personally think it's heavier than Cascadia. And it's it's you know it's not heavy Agreed. in the Kenner spiel. So where do we put it? I don't know. Yeah, if you made it seems like you made Cascadia the the bar in yeah. the spiel. So it's like if Living anything was forest. there around that, then that should be there. If I it mean, was, let's say if it was Scout top ten and for lack of a better, I, I don't know, like maybe the crew. You know what I mean? Like those yeah. three, then maybe you don't put Living Forest in there, but you set a precedent with Cascadia being in the spiel, and then you put this in a in a heavier category, but maybe not as... It's weird. So they have Cascadia at a 1.9 weight, and okay. Living Forest is 2.2. Really? Which is interesting to me, but that's still very close. I'm surprised yeah, Cascadia is that what light. Is, what does Dune, Dune Imperium show on BGG for weight? Yeah, let's check that out. 
Dune Imperium had wow, it's ranked sixteenth of I all know, time. It's like flying Holy up. crap! Wow. Three. So that's medium, and that would be where that two point two is light. So the other two, so there's three other games on that, um, on the Kenner Spiel that honorable mentions. Right. So Ark Nova, I agree, is too heavy. Too heavy. Um, after doing when I was talking to you about it at first, you were like, "That's too heavy." I'm like, "Okay." I looked back. I'm like, "Yeah, it's too heavy for that category." Yeah. But Cora and Witchstone, yeah, fit really well into medium weight, the medium weight gamers category. Which those are the other two. We talked about those on previous episodes, so we we're way ahead of the game. So yeah, why <laughs> let's go. Right, right, right. But yeah, exactly. Cora was really good and felt medium, like three in that three area. Sure. And same thing with Witchstone. Cryptid though, two point two four. Interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I suppose. I suppose Cryptid is not super not super heavy. I think Cryptid is heavier because it's, it's tr- heavy. yeah, it's brain yeah, burnier. Right. It's Living not a Forest. difficult game to understand. It's just yeah. it's a tough I mean, the weight level on BGG is subjective, yeah, right? It's yeah. not I just feel like to me and we'll hear Natalie's thoughts on this in a sec. To me, I felt like Living Forest was much more on par weight-wise with something like Cascadia than in something like the Kennerspiel category. So what do yeah, you think of, no, of Living Forest, Natalie? Um, I really liked it. I, a lot of times we'll play like lighter games and I mean, I like lighter games as long as they're not dull and I did not find this like a dull light game at all. I've had fun playing it. I agree. I love the artwork. The artwork was super cool. Um, you know, all the animals, it wasn't like in like, it wasn't like a cutesy one, kind of like meadow, but it was just like kind of more like, it was kind of cool. Yeah, they weren't like photorealistic. Right. Um, they were, how do you explain what the artwork looked like? It's almost like, like they were like real animals, but like. In like a surreal way. In, yeah, in like a fantastical I like it. Way, I like that but word. Like yeah. also yeah, realistic, way. But realistic, not like, I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't goofy. Right. Sure. You know what I mean? It didn't seem goofy, but it also wasn't cartoon. photorealistic. It's also a good way yeah. to get yourself nominated in recent years. Yeah, having some fantastical having pretty, stuff. Having a pretty game. Yeah, you yeah, got to. Yeah, um, yeah, I so again, I really liked this as a, like a lighter game. Um, I think that to play with kids, this would be a great one because it's not one of those like one of our problems is like the kids like playing games, but we want to play games with them that we also like playing because there's a lot of kids games that we're just like, Ugh, Ugh, we just don't really want to watch playing Caillou it. with you. We're just doing it with you for you, <laughs> but like we don't actually like this game. This is a game that I feel like. If we play this with the kids, I think they could understand it. And then also, I would enjoy playing it with them. Yeah, you totally. Know, I'd be into it. Um, I agree. I like that busting wasn't punishing. Um, I like the decisions. Like some, because, you know, picking up cards, sometimes you, you know, you get like a really good card, but it has like a, a, a black circle on it, which is kind of bad, you know, could, could bust you or... You know, you get one with like a white circle, which offsets a black circle, but it's not as good. And so, like, you know, there was some t- difficult decisions there. I also like um, making the decision of like which actions to take because, like, mm-hmm. especially towards the end, like, I realized, like, um, you know, you may not want to pick up cards at the end because that'll like. Yeah, create more know, fire. Create more fire. Right. And, but maybe I I would. I kind of stopped picking up more cards at the end, and so did Ryan. But I was going for the fire strategy, so I realized, oh, I should have been picking up more right. cards, so I could kill out more fire and try to kill beat him because we were really close. 
because he went for the tree strategy and I went for the fire strategy. So again, I like that there was like a couple different paths you could take to try to like, you know, win the game. It's not like mm-hmm. we're all doing, kind of doing the same thing. Um, but again, it's like a light game. So it's not like that intense or that like heavy at all. You know, it's just 2.2. Yeah, 2.2. <laughs> um, I like the length of it. I thought it was like perfect length for how light this game about, was. What are you talking about? What about the talking about me? You're yeah. Like, yeah. Talking about forest. <laughs> but it's not as girthy. The length was fine, but the girthiness. Yeah. Was, yeah. 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 yeah right. Totally. The pulsatingness. <laughs> the throbbing. Um, I mean, I only played it the one time, so I don't really know my thoughts on if it would get samesy i guess it would i kind of it makes me feel like like i feel like project l is a game that it doesn't get it's kind of the same every time but it's still really fun every time and so this is a game where i'm like i could see that happening but i could also see it getting samesy so i'm kind of i'm not sure how i would feel yeah but i liked it enough to to it for it to potentially not be that way for some reason project l feels different to me because of the tactile feel and the joy i have of filling in space with things yeah which doesn't that get old your to me right. yeah that's well, I for liked, me personally in this game i thought it was like you said i thought it was really fun i guess like my drawing thing. the cards and yeah drawing the cards because yeah. like i didn't in my play i didn't pick up any additional black dots which which uh bust you so i always knew exactly how many were left yeah i can easily keep track of that and so that like helped me when i was picking cards sure you know so like let's say three of them came out and the next round i'm like i know there's only one left so i can just play everything and Mm -hmm. have like a ton of cards and i thought that was really fun and cool because it's not not like you're ever gonna really have like i mean unless you're kind of unlucky one round you're not gonna just have like a few cards out you're gonna have a ton but and it's interesting too because like i'm like sometimes i'm like i have 10 cards out it's gonna be a sweet turn and i'm like oh how do i only have like three wind you know what i well, mean and because a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the cards also have negative numbers on them right. so you could draw like i just drew three symbols with two so that's mm-hmm. six now i have to to buy cards i'm gonna draw another card and you draw another card and it's got negative three and you're like oh man right. now so yeah, i'm at three randomness because like ryan went for the tree strategy and i was trying to like I wasn't trying to compete with him necessarily, but I wanted to get more into the trees to get more stuff. And I'm like, I just can't get high. On the, yeah, like I always right. would get like five. That's on all I could numbers. ever get for yeah. the tree number. And I'm like, I already yeah. have the fives. Yep. So I don't yep. know. Gotta buy those cards, bitch. I feel like, you know, because of that <laughs> stuff, it could potentially, you know, not be the same every time. But I mean, I don't see us playing this a ton. So I think it would still work out well. Right. Cameron put it at number six of all time on his top 10 list. After the first play, he loved it. He beat me into a fine powder. Ooh, gotcha. He loved it. It was fun. And I would play it again anytime. I think it's a very, very cool game. I don't know that it's spiel uh, worthy of winning. I mean, I think Cryptid and Dune Imperium are better. I agree with that. I liked it as a I think Cascadia is better. Even in the light category, I don't think it would win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I would pick Cascadia yeah. over this too. Cryptid from 2018. Yeah, 2018's Cryptid. Nominated for the 2021 <laughs> Field of the Art. That's bananas to me. It's crazy, dude. I don't know how... Usually games come out there usually first. They're a year, yeah, usually. And they're a year off sometimes, but... This but is, usually it's like an overlap. This is like, borderline three It technically came years. out in 2021, but we got it in 2022. Yeah. This is like... Yeah, this is like four years later. Yeah, I got... Like, I played the game a dozen times. I feel bad for <laughs> for our German brethren who had to watch all these amazing stories and, and listen to all these podcasts about this game that they're like, I can never get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Jeff, what you got, man? Okay, I've been playing a lot of games. I want to talk about a game from Elf Creek. Elf Creek Games. Okay. Elf Creek has been making some very beautiful games lately. Do you remember Honey Buzz? Yeah, I've, I've not sure. played Honey Buzz. I haven't played it either, but, but it's beautiful. Either. It is beautiful. This game is also beautiful. 
It's called Merchants of the Dark Road. Oh, yeah, man. Holy cow. That's, and that's Elf Creek, huh? Like, the first thing that caught my attention was just, like, the production values. The components the roof. on that. They're, like, the, there's those little, like, lanterns that look like they're almost, like, blown glass. Yeah. That sit on your player boards. There's, like, beautiful metal coins. There's nice bags. Dual layer boards. Everything about this game is, like, gorgeous. It looks very cool. The art the is pretty cool. Like, the cover has this sort of, like, black backdrop and these people at, like, a fire. It's just, like, it looks amazing. It demands your attention. Demands so, it. Joe Jitsu thankfully bought this because my wallet didn't want to. <laughs> um, so he bought it. I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it. Dave picked it a couple weeks ago on his game night. So Dave picked Joe's game. So that's cool, All right? right? And they have played it a couple times before. This is my first playthrough. This was Bill's first playthrough, our other uh, gamer in our game group. So Merchants of the Dark Road, you take the role of merchants traveling along a dark road. Does that sound about right? <laughs> Damn, let me think about that for a yeah, while. Yeah, Merchants Clever of the name. Dark Road. Mm. <laughs> Your merchants on this dark road. Hmm, interesting. Why is the road dark? Well, you have lanterns. Oh, it's dark because this of is, there's no electricity. Time. Oh, it's I see. Alaska, yeah, there's so no, it's night all it's the night, time. It's night like eight months it's out of the year. Yeah. Apparently, it. you can only deliver things in the in dark. In the dark. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is that. In the heat of the night. There's a plot hole in this game. Though. Why don't you just travel <laughs> Sorry, during man. the light? Yeah, this game. What Ryan does. Yeah. Travel. I put holes in things. What? My wife. <laughs> Wait, I don't you put holes. <laughs> that's like a crime no I'm, I fill the holes that's oh, what I that's do a, okay. I'm the human spat they call me the spackler yeah oh, oh boy. don't leave a bottle near Ryan he'll fill it right up <laughs> dang it no <laughs> <laughs> you check that you check that cup out that's in front of you, you make sure we're all in the same that's clear I, well, I have if you hear like a subtle if you hear like a subtle trickling in the background yeah, it might it's be it's not a cat purring uh, we can't pause it's impossible to pause a podcast you can't do it you have to record it in one stretch you gotta pee when you gotta pee you gotta pee so Merchants of the Dark Toad, um, or Merchants of the Dark Road, is uh, it's a pickup and deliver game, contract fulfillment, and the way that you're taking actions is through this rondelle. I'm already starting in the hole. In the hole, I do not like pickup and I know, deliver. Those are two of your you not know? favorite yeah. type of things: not contract fulfillment, pickup and deliver. Yeah, yeah. So yes. the way that you're doing so, this might be a positive for okay. you. It was for me. The way you're p- kind of picking actions to do all that kind of shit is through a rondelle, right? I like rondelle. Which I like. Yeah. Okay. So there's a main board. The main board has two areas. One's a gigantic map with different cities and goofy names on it. And <laughs> the other one is the rondelle where you're moving around. That's, okay. that's the two, the gigantic board. The board could probably be about half the size, um, but it's just humongous yeah. and beautiful. And again, it goes into their production value. Right. Everyone has your own player board. That player board is your wagon that essentially will hold all of the goods um, as well as your dice. You know, that kind of stuff. It's your yep. player board. Yep. Um, first player... Um, you basically choose a dice from your player board and it tells you how many spaces that you move around the rondo. There's kind of a weird slide your dice up through this action space into another space thing that's weird that I'll talk about. Like the pips on your die make you yeah. move the rondo? Okay. Yeah, so it's like, it's only a one through four. Or actually, it's a zero through four. There's oh. maybe a couple twos. Because yeah. you might want to stay in the same spot. So sure. I do like that there's an addition of a zero. Okay. Um, and that just tells you how many spots you can move. And then once you're at a spot, you pick one of the adjacent actions that are there. Hmm. If you use like a superpower dice, you get to do all the adjacent actions that are at the space. So that whole type that of system cool. is actually is, is pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. The actions around there are are what's going to get you your pickup and deliver items. You can collect goods. You can sell goods. Uh, you can pick up these contracts. You can get cool heroes to sort of go with you on your journey. And you can go into this dungeon, which is kind of like a side action. If you don't travel, you can go into the dungeon, whatever. So the last thing you can do is you can travel the dark road. One of the action spaces is go on the dark road and deliver the stuff that you've been picking up. So you can also deliver heroes. So the goods that are in your cart and the heroes. 
the cart also all the goods that you have are different like shapes and sizes sort of they're all very um like square rectangle they're not like a polyomino game so you're not playing like a polyomino okay. game there okay they're really just like bigger squares skinny squares the hero they're all those just like those type of yep. shapes that then you, you stick mm-hmm. in there and your contracts tell you where the th- stuff needs to go and what stuff needs to go to that space got it okay um, the, the interesting thing about the game is that if you decide to travel to a certain space, everybody else at the table can also go with you. Oh, so we're all playing on your turn potentially. Yeah. So you're all playing on my turn. I would get a bonus because I'm traveling. Um, you get to pick either like the easy route or the hard route when you go traveling. And then there's this like dice rolling where you, you roll the dice if it's your turn and you kind of draft the dice and it tells you based on this journey card that you have, you either get a bonus or a penalty as you travel. So okay. that doesn't make any sense. If the three of us are all going on a journey, I roll three, I go roll three dice and I'm going to pick the six because it gives me an extra lantern. Sure. And then Ryan, you're going with us. You can pick the five. Sadly, sorry, Natalie, there's only a one left. You have to lose or something, right? So it just kind of tells yeah. you. So if you want to go on this, you could get a reward or you can get a, a kind of a penalty if you decide okay. to go along. If you go, right. Um, you can also, when it's not your turn and someone else is traveling, you can also go with them and deliver your goods on their turn to the same city or the same city with the same color with them so you actually don't need to ever take the action ever if you don't want to i actually only took that action once the entire game because i just went with everybody else really um and (laughs) i finished fine i think bill and i either tied and i lost (laughs) in the tiebreaker or i lost by maybe i lost by a point but it was like very close yeah we're like i didn't not to do that that all the time and bill did it probably five or six times so Mm. that i enjoyed that didn't you didn't have to always Hmm. do that um you don't also need to have all the contract goods in order to get the points, like you can just deliver one of a good to a spot. Less you just points. get less stuff for it, right? Less points, less money or whatever. Um, That's kind of cool. Yeah. So essentially, you're just delivering stuff and heroes for the entire game. Every every round, you sort of lose a, a die. And then that kind of is the timer for the game. Once you don't have any dice left, that sort of ends the game. Okay. All um, these things individually sound kind of cool. Yeah. So let's talk about it. Oh, boy. Point number one. It's beautiful. Components, production quality through the roof. My favorite part of the game is that rondelle is is managing where you can go with what with what dice. I yeah. think it it has this feel that I also I love about games where there is a strategy, but also you need to be tactical in what dice you have and where you can go and how you can go. Yeah, right. I, that yeah. that I like. That's yeah. what I love about Trajan. That's right. what I love about other games. That's I can't jam. think of off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> but I love that trying to figure that out in the moment. Crusaders. Yes, Crusaders is another one. Um, that was the best part. That was fun. That was challenging. I liked that you had to balance your points and your money throughout the game because the lower of the two is where you started your final scoring. Oh, cool. I, I, like I like games that do that's that. That's cool. I like yeah. games. Kenitsia games do that a lot. Yes, there's a lot of, yeah, where you have to You got to do it both. all or else, yeah, Wendake does that. Exactly. Yep. And um, mm-hmm. was I, just, I was thinking of something else too. I can't think of any games yeah, anymore. Yeah, there's a bunch of um, ingenious. Some, <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, what's that game that you really didn't Yellow like? Yellow and Yang. Oh. No, yellow ink. Yeah, yellow, yeah, yellow ink. That's a great one. Yeah. yeah, you have to like manage all the colors. Everything. In that one. That's yep. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of gameplay, there was a few things that I just didn't understand that didn't click with me that felt strange. So, the first one was the way you like chose and slid these dice into different places when you picked what die you wanted to use. Just felt like clunky and unintuitive. There's like, it's going to be weird to explain. But there's three dice that you have the potential of picking and sliding up. Okay. Okay. And if you pick it. the dice on the far left, okay. you slide it up and you yep. get to do the action that you slid through on that one. Makes but sense. then the dice goes like into the middle of the third kind of row. So it doesn't like slide directly up and sit there. It would slide and then move over into the spot that says you use this dice already. 
Okay. It was just like, make the player board better. Make it more intuitive for when I slide the dice up, I do the thing that I go through and then I put it there. And then sometimes you use the dice number that for the action that you went through. And sometimes you use it to move that are the dice you picked to slide. Again, that all sounds weird because it's a little unintuitive. Um, I thought there was probably a better way to make that same okay process happen so it was like almost like a little more confusing than it should yeah, have been I'm like why yeah it doesn't have to be just let me use the pips on the dice like yeah. it didn't okay. have to be both of them or this weird slide but also put it up here method there was something that could have been streamlined yeah that i i think they they missed on so that was kind okay. of goofy i think there is a slightly too long of a process for traveling and delivering goods um the game is pick up and deliver and you've now added this element of like randomness with a a um, dice roll and who's going to get what rewards you added this element of like i'm going to go the short way and then i'm going to flip this card over that's going to tell me what random rewards people are going to get um so it it just didn't make a lot of sense for like these step process it's my turn but now everyone gets these like six seven eight step process of traveling delivering getting points it made the game a little long Okay. For me in terms of that. So like I'm taking a turn that might take one second. Ryan then goes and now all of us are going on this on this trip. So Ryan goes on the trip. He rolls the dice. He picks a dice. Natalie picks a dice. I pick a dice. And then Ryan delivers. And then Natalie delivers. And then I deliver. And it just was like, boy, that's a long process for just yeah. Ryan's turn. And then that could happen again on Dave's turn because mm-hmm. he could then take, right? Because you could just go and take the, the bonus or the rewards and then still have your goods for your turn. Sure. So it seemed like that process took a little too long. Like they were like, this is a cool system, but when it's pasted on these other types of things, it just felt long to me. End already. Um, There was also this, like you you decide what path to take. And then you, you, like like I said, you flip this card over and it tells you some benefits or some negatives for going on that path. But like, to me, that was almost too random. So for example, it happened a lot where you flipped over a card on my turn. I flip over a card. I roll some dice. I, I happen to roll fives and sixes. So everybody's going to get a, a good benefit for going on this trip. So I pick a benefit. Ryan, you pick a benefit that gives you a good, which now you can sell on the trip that you're just going on. Or you pick up a hero card that you can then bring to Use the spot right and, get, and get those points. But it's like, it wasn't even your turn. Yeah. And you got that benefit. Yeah. Or even on your turn, if I roll a six <laughs> and three ones, you guys are going to get a penalty, which is sweet, but you can use a thing to re-roll when it's your turn. So you can use a lantern to re-roll the dice that was on my journey and it's like that doesn't so now you're getting a benefit like there's no it didn't seem like i was getting a huge benefit from going on the being the one to go on the journey you get something you get like a special dice or you didn't but i i only went on one and i i was right there i was a a point away and bill picked up a card on the last turn right so it was like this this kind of weird thing um so again that could have happened in my favor as well It, it did happen throughout the game in my favor but that process i didn't super love um, and I think one of the things that, and maybe I, I tried to, I posted this on Instagram and I tried to figure out why the game didn't just like hit well with me. I love the components. I love that Rondell thing. Why didn't it hit with me? And I think something came to me in a dream. Ooh. <laughs> I never felt like in this game that I was building towards something. Kissing Natalie in a room with it, the clown on a sleeping bag. Yeah. Yeah. That was, okay. that was <laughs> That's what I thought. But then I told this a really funny joke, but then Natalie was like, you're not fucking funny. What up? A- B-hole. God, can you imagine? What a bitch. Natalie, I'm mad at you. It wasn't real. It didn't happen. It was real to me. I did it. I made you not like my joke. So there's a lot in games that I love, um, whether it's worker placement or engine building or tile laying, there is this this 
process of building up to something that's that's amazing. I felt like in this game, and maybe this is a just a pick up and deliver type of game where you just kind of take the same four turns over and over and over and over again, right? I get my stuff, I get my heroes, I deliver it. I get my stuff, I get my heroes, I deliver it. I get my, and it's like that process never Boring. leads to something like here is this, here is this awesome turn I'm building toward. I now have six more workers where I now now my last round is this awesome process. Now I have built this huge engine that is going to start with nothing and make this amazing thing. This felt like here's the here's the process of what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it five times over again, and then the, and then the game's gonna be over. Mm-hmm. So I do think I need to play it again. It's Bill loved it, Dave loved it, Joe loves it. So I'm, oh, I'm wow, the one they all that really I loved it. Huh? Yeah, they all love it. So I I did like the game. I think it for me it's like a good, not great. The rondelle is fun. The the things are fun to play with, right? Like the the tactical feel of the game adds to it for sure. Um, but it just left me like wanting something. Yeah. Maybe something slimmed down in the traveling process or making the rondelle action sometimes more fun. There's the, the little things with these goods all have different sizes. So like the armor is kind of big and the sword is like, but the <clears throat> size of the thing didn't match what it costs or what the points were to give it to you. So there was no inherent benefit of getting bigger items to the places. Um, but that item might be cheaper randomly because of this market sort of manipulation that you can do. So that felt strange to me because usually it's like, all right, smaller goods, you might be able to deliver them faster in these types of games, but you get less points. Bigger goods have this bigger commitment, but that translation didn't play out in this game. So I think there were some holes. I don't know what would fix it for me, but I think that I'm in the minority because the rest of my game group really liked it. I've heard other people mix reviews. Like, Yeah, it seems to be in the middle. Like it just was not, it didn't hit me with something that I felt like it needed, Um, but it is beautiful. Um, I'll definitely be playing again because everybody liked it and we'll mm-hmm. pick it again. So I'll update you. If I play it again, I'm going to try something else. Yeah. Um, if I feel like there's something that I didn't click with me, I'll, I'll update you. Okay. But that was kind of my first. I'm, I'm glad of, to hear that. I was of merchants because you, you kind of were like, yeah, why didn't this totally hit with me? I've felt that feeling for this game on why don't I care about this game? Mm-hmm. Everyone talks about it, I'm like, I have no desire to play that for some reason. Yeah. You actually made it sound cooler. Than I was expecting it to sound. Yeah. When you were explaining the rules, because I was like, God, I hate pick up and deliver. Like, there this are, just just looks overwrought. It looks like uh, yeah, individually, there's a lot of cool stuff with the rondelle, with the the the, the heroes bring you a little bit a of power. Stuff like that was very cool. But for some reason, the like it wasn't glued together in like this masterpiece yeah. that I wanted it to be. Yeah. I don't know. That's where I'm at. Interesting. Okay. Merchants, so of, the Merchants dark toad. of the Dark Toad. <laughs> That's Elf Creek, you say? Yeah, Elf Creek. Well, while the Spiel des Jahres are the German games of the year, the prestigious awards given out annually, there is another person whose opinion I greatly value named Rado, who has this next game I'm going to talk about as his game of the year for 2021. Whoa, Rado. Game of the year. This is the cooperative movie making game called Roll Camera. Man, was I excited about this game that Ferrado beat out the likes of Ark Nova and Gollum as his 2021 game of the year. This must be the greatest game ever made. Did he say those two were his like runners up, runner up? So he has, he has a top 10 every year. Okay. Yeah. Ark Nova was number two. Gollum was like number four. Okay. Or something like that. So I bought it and Natalie and I played it, hated it, put it away. And now it's going to be sold to the highest bidder for cash money. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Okay, what else you got, Jeff? See you later. Yep. 
<laughs> I got another one. In roll camera, players are working together to boringly produce a film. It's a dice allocation game, which sounds fun, but isn't. And each turn, players are going to laboriously and tediously place their dice onto the board that will no doubt warp right up the moment you take it out of the box to do actions that aren't really very fun to carry out. Each player also has their own player board that is basically the thickness of a Lucky Charms box with additional boring actions on this that you probably won't even use during the game because they usually aren't worth it. The theme is really cool in this shitty game. You're basically storyboarding the movie, building the set, shooting scenes, and then sending them to the edit room. You need to make this movie with a couple of constraints. If your budget ever falls to zero, you lose immediately. If your production time ever runs out, you lose immediately. And if you manage to shoot five scenes before that happens, you also need to make sure your film is either of good quality or is so bad that it's great. Anything else results in a loss for the players. Sound fun? It's not. On your turn, you roll dice that have symbols on them, and then you place them at different locations around the board to take actions. The actions are dealing with a problem that happens every turn that screws up your plans or calling a production meeting to play idea cards that help you in some way. The main action, though, is centered around building the set, which you need to do in such a way that it satisfies a pattern on a scene card. I kind of It sounds almost like what Jeff was just talking about, Emergence of the Dark Road, where you have those uh, squares and it's like, okay, now I have to put these in such a way that satisfies this yeah. thing. Um. Which is, uh, sounds are kind of cool, but it's really not that cool. Everything you do in the game is just a vehicle to do this action. As it's this action and this action only that you must do over and over again to win the game. But that's it. You either spend dice to discard problem cards, yawn, or spend dice to play idea cards that do something, yawn, or play dice in the center to make a pattern that matches a scene card. Right? Things I liked. I do really enjoy cooperative games, and at first I was all ensconced in the theme of this one, which admittedly is really whimsical and fun. Does seem cool. The artwork is cute. The text on the cards are really immersive. When you shoot a scene that was originally just a storyboard and then turn that card around, it looks really cool. Like it's like a, a shot scene now. Oh, at instead the end, of like a mock-up? Yeah, like it's a like drawing, a mock-up on the one side, over. and then when you That's shoot cool. it, you flip it over, and it's like the actual scene yeah. being shot. It's really, really cool. At the end of the game, you get to go through the movie you've created, kind of acting out the scenes on your cards in a cool way, and I like that. It's really fun and fun to do. Things I didn't like. Oh boy. This game felt like a game <laughs> you'd find at Target that wasn't a hobby style game. It's incredibly cheaply made. Like I joked about earlier, the board and player boards instantly warped up after I opened it. The dice are kind of chintzy. The tiles are lackluster. The color palette's extremely dull and feels unfinished. The board is so ugly. And again, just feels like something you'd find in like Walmart. I'm shocked beyond belief that this is Rado's number one game of 2021. This wasn't the number one game we played that day. All the dice actions were completely boring and felt like you did nothing on your turn. Roll a bunch of dice is fun. That's cool. But the things you're spending your dice on just don't do anything interesting. Placing two dice that have the same face underneath a card on the board that simply discards that card is not a fun action to take. Honestly, every turn, it's kind of like what you said, Jeff. Every turn plays out exactly the same. Okay, I rolled this. I guess I'll discard that problem card with these two dice. I'll call a meeting and play this card with these dice. And the leftover dice, I guess I'll put in the middle of the board to try to satisfy the pattern on this card. That is it. It is mystifying what fun there is in this game, other than the cute theme, which again, is cute. But the gameplay is embarrassingly weak, in my opinion. I tried. During the play, I was into it, acting out the, them the thematic elements, reading the problem cards with theater and drama, pretending like I had a great idea, needing to call a production meeting. And for the moment, that was fun. But after the third time in a row doing that, it got really old. Like an SNL skit that went on too long, and you're like, okay, it's just this joke again. <laughs> One play is all you need to see in this Walmart game. Yikes Whoa. from me. A yikes. Natalie, what do you think? I Yikers. actually scripted my thoughts on this. No shit. I read it. Only because yeah. Ryan 
forced me to. Did I? I well, forced like, you to. It was like two Let's weeks back before. Let's back it up. I forced you to well, it was like two weeks before the episode, point. and he was like, you better write this down now, or else you're never going to remember. Okay, so it was, was there a yeah. knife or like a bottle of pee involved? I, I was like, holding a pee bottle over her yeah. head with a poop knife <laughs> at her throat. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, really what I said was, we're not going to play this again. You forget everything the second you have to play. You should probably write down your thoughts now, because I, I'm going to be like, I, this is what happens every time, okay? We play a game, and then... We have, let's say, that we replayed it like the day after we recorded the last show. So there's about two weeks yeah. from I the time we, we played play this game to the next episode. By the time we get to the next episode, Natalie's like, "What games yeah, we play?" And I'm like, "Roll camera." And she's like, "What's roll camera?" What's that game? So that's why <laughs> I've never played that's this. Because that happens all the yep. time. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. Pretty lady in the green shirt. You're not wrong. I didn't think so. Okay. All right. So what are your, what are your thoughts that I, I was, forced you to write down? Yeah. I was not a fan of this game. I liked Ooh. that it was cooperative and it seemed like a fun puzzle when Ryan explained the rules, but in reality, it wasn't very fun at Sucked. all. <laughs> the actions were boring and lame. The problem cards were easy to get rid of and also weren't very interesting, except for the one where the non-active player couldn't talk. That one was... Yeah, so... It kind it's of made it harder, that, it, it, which it, was why it was more so interesting. So you're cooperating. So yeah, the one yeah. person couldn't be like, I need you to put this die here because then I'm going to do this. You, you just couldn't talk. So that was right. kind of... Fun. Yeah. Uh, you basically, actually, when if you did talk, you got like a penalty. Right. So, like, you clearly couldn't. Yeah, we'd lose uh, it, like, You basically just something. tried to create the scenes, which consisted of two actions and not run out of money, which you get by resolving problem cards. It was a little too blah, not interesting for me. I think the best part of the game was the theme and how integrated it was in the game, but just that alone did not make up for like a not fun gameplay in the end. Totally. Because I did think that. Like the I was like the theme, the way that they very well integrated done. it. Very it was, well it done. It seemed that's what grabbed me like when you were saying the here. rules. I was like, that seems so cool. Right, it totally does. It just wasn't no. Nope. It was boring. <laughs> It and it's funny because bad. like we normally don't care about theme, and so this was like one game where I'm like, wow, I actually think I'm into this theme, <laughs> but the but, game sucks. Well, so okay, so th- that's I'm guessing if people find joy in this game, it's gonna be like how people find joy in a game like Meadow, where mm-hmm. I think the gameplay is trash, but the theme and the artwork are very pretty. So yay, this yeah. game's fun now. And roll camera, I think, is similar to this. I think it's I think the gameplay elements are shit. <laughs> I think it's trash. But the theme and the whimsy is really good. Yeah, like it's really it is really fun to flip over yeah. those scene cards and put them in the in, a, in order. And then at the end of the game, you're like reading through your your movie, movie that you made. Yeah. And it's also there's that, that cool track I talked about where like you either want your movie to be of good quality or it can also be so really shitty it's good. That's cool. right. That seems like a cool. So yeah. that's a cool mechanism, and it's kind of again it's fun. And I'm guessing that's what Rado loved about this game. He just like immersed himself. Mm-hmm. However, the game also has to have good gameplay to keep you engaged and want to play the game. Yeah. I don't just want to play the theme. I want to play the game that has the cool theme involved. Right. And this game did not have a cool game. It just had a cool theme that, unfortunately, for us, is going in the garbage. I'm not even going to sell this to you. It's going in the garbage. It doesn't have a ton of. It has 663 ratings, 231 comments. So 663. It's not a lot of yeah, that's not ratings, a lot. but it's at a 7.8 on board game. Beat. Yeah, I, that crazy? That's, that's, that's so crazy. I, I'm shocked. But this is also before it gets to the masses, right? Some of these very early reviews are either people that work for the company, Got friends. You know, you get yeah, yeah, you get those copies and you bump them up. But I guess we'll see. Plus, I wonder if the Rado factor helps. Yeah. Oh, Rado had it as his favorite game of the, yeah, of the year. Let's get surprising. it, and I'm gonna love it too. Well, that also means that sales are gonna go up. But will the ranking go up? If you want this game, reach out to me. I will sell it to you. It's bad. 
He'll pay you to take it. From <laughs> yeah. Again, Meadow is a similar thing where I hated that game. Other people love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think course. they're wrong, but they love it. Yeah. Same with Lamaland. I thought Lamaland was like, eh. And then people are like, give it to me. I'll take it. You know, it's like, yeah. so there's something out there for everybody. I think Lamaland was way everybody. better than this game. Agreed. 100%. 100%. <laughs> what do you think about this versus Meadow, Natalie? Meadow is better than this, I think. I don't know. I did That's not tough. like this game. This game was <laughs> That's tough. This game it was, was I was bad. trying so hard too, Jeff. I was like acting things out and I was like oh every gosh. card that come out, he I'd was, read it and I'd be like, Woo. Okay. He was trying so hard I, got one. I didn't even know that he didn't like it. At the guy at the end I was like I was almost feeling bad. Like I was like, I did not like this game and he was like, Me neither. I was like, Oh really? Because he was I was just trying yeah. everything I could to yeah, make it fun. Right. So I was here's trying your to make people question. Roll camera or tuberinth. <laughs> oh, roll camera. Ooh, Tuberinth is Tuberinth, I couldn't even play that game. game. She felt I like literally she, right. couldn't. It was impossible. Man, she had that was like nothing. Yeah. Oh no, Tuberinth. Tuberinth. Like, tu- right, roll camera. Roll like, camera's you way better. Idiot. How roll camera's could you way even better think than no, Tuberinth. But with Meadow, she's like, oh Meadow's way better. Yeah. It's not No, I understand. I don't well, think I, Tuberinth I is between, better. I have games but like, like that. Tuberinth too. was like I was like, I physically cannot figure Tuberinth's the worst game you've ever played. What do I I if you did your pub meeple, Tuberinth would be last. It's not the worst game. It's more like it broke me. Yeah, like, it just was like I yeah. can't figure this out. Okay, it can be last. It's okay. <laughs> it, I mean, I can, I understand that because that's a game where like we're racing to complete the puzzle first, and it was like halfway through each time she's like, I don't even know what the hell I would do next. Yeah, well. you know. Um, all right, that's so that's roll camera. <laughs> yep. Um, ugh, the only ugh, it's just it's bad. It's bad. I wouldn't even use it to wipe my ass. Wow, it's that bad. Would you I, pee in it? For sure. <laughs> pee in the wax. <laughs> I would totally pee in it. I would totally pee in it. Oh, that begged the question also as I was telling them the story because, you know, our dog peed on a lot of my games that yep, I was selling. I was going to ask that. Yeah, and, ben, and Ben's like, so did the dog actually pee on these yeah. games or was it you? <laughs> yeah, you were like walking right. the pee bottle up the stairs. Whoa, whoa. It dropped yeah, it all. Yeah, dog. Oh, these dogs. <laughs> oh, your stupid dog peed on it. <laughs> spilled it out of his pee bottle. The dog comes down here pees in those bottles I too. I have never once had a dripper or a spillage. Just so you know. That's I haven't. Mm-hmm. Haven't ever. All right, yeah. Jeff, what do you got next? <laughs> I got a uh, game from 25th Century Games, which I feel like for the last months and months, we've just You've been had a game from 25th them? <laughs> Century. They like are living in this light medium world of like simple games with a little bit of crunch that... I like that stuff. And they're just doing very well. They're like taking off. So, for example, games that they've come out with that have done very well recently, Tutankhamen, they've redone that. Mm-hmm. They have a Kickstarter out for Ra, a reprint yep. of Ra. Yep. Um, Doesn't it have like Eno Tool doing the artwork or something? Eno Tool does the artwork for this game. I'm about to talk about, Ooh. so he might have done this one too. Yeah, he might have done Ra. So Kohaku, which we all great game liked. Kingswood is getting great reviews. I haven't played that. Three Sisters, we all loved. Yep. Jurassic Parts, we played oh. that. Cloud Control. They they have a they have a growing collection, and they seem to Those be also decent. grabbing. Did yeah. we play Jurassic Parts? No, no, I did. Okay. okay, um, they they seem to have are grabbing also some reprints that people want, like with. Yeah, with Ra. Tutankhamen with Ra. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're a up and coming, I up feel coming. like. I, I take note of them now up all the time. So this up game is called Blazon. <laughs> it's okay. spelled like Blazon. B-L-A-Z-O-N. Blazon. Yes. So oh, it's it's pronounced Blazon? From everything that I've understood, it's called, it's pronounced Blazon. It's um, about maybe I'm so wrong and Chad will just message me and be like, you're a freaking idiot. But I've, I've watched some videos and some things. Blazon seems to be what it's called. So this is, again, 25th century. They had a Kickstarter for Blazon. Late pledges are open, so I need to let you know the late pledges are open. You can go on. You can pick the game. If this sounds like something you would like, designed by David Conklin, who's a nobody. Okay. Fucking so nobody. welcome to the world. Jeez, get good. Art by a guy named Ian O'Toole, who is not Never a heard nobody. of him. Never heard of him. He's done a few games. Um, so in Blazin, players are designing, crafting, 
engraving their own shield. Oh, this makes more sense about the question you asked on Instagram. Requirements, yes. So, oh, the um, I guess yeah. this is thinking about like, Michael Chiklis, <laughs> um, like heraldry and this sort of era of like warrior, this fighting and sort of thing. Sure. And an idea was once you did something, you sort of decorated your shield, whether it was something personal to you or something you did on the field, right? You like decorate this shield. Mine's so just a have, giant tea bottle. Yeah. So think of like if you have no idea what I'm talking about, think about like a family crest. Yeah, like a crest. That's so yeah, Ryan's would be like. The pee bottle, yep. maybe like a, a, a poop knife. A, a book with penises in it? Yeah, dick book. Yeah. yeah. So you'd have, yeah, that would be like right. each section. That's of my your, remembrance. Your, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, kids. <laughs> Dad was weird. That was a weirdo. That could be your family. The James family crest has that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so think of it almost like, if you have no idea what type of that stuff that is, think of like a family shield or a family crest with a whole bunch of stuff that's from your family, right? That's kind of like it. But you're you're more of warriors decorating the shield. Okay. So that's kind of cool. And I guess the term blazon means that to decorate or engrave your shield. Oh, okay. okay. So the action that you're taking in the game is I either smoke and reefer. Yeah. The, the action <laughs> that you take to decorate your, your shield is called blazon. Okay. So that's the action. So on your turn, you can do two things. You can either draw cards or you can place cards onto your shield, which is the blazon action. Your shield has 10 spots to engrave or decorate, um, with cards mm-hmm. and the cards that you place on there have a variety of symbols and colors that are used to meet these uh distinguished cards okay which that's those are the requirements those are the goals you have to meet so you might need to have like one dragon and two of the pink mountainy shield right so you have those types of things on your shield to meet these sort of requirements and the requirements all have like names of like bravery or um simplicity and you have to have low number cards right so they all have names and, and unique things on there so uh each player when you play cards onto your hand, which I like, uh, each player needs to pay for the cards with cards. Think okay. of like the city. I love that or, stuff. Um, yeah. Other games, again, that I'm trying to think of that had the thing. But you're, Race for the Galaxy? So, for example, if you have, yeah, if you have um, a value five that you want to play on your board, you have to pay it with cards that equal a value of five. Okay. And you also can't play, you can't do the, like, you don't get rollover points. Like, if you want to play a two and a three, you can't play a five to do that, right? Each yeah. card has to have its own specific card that you're paying with it Man, for. this looks so cool. The, it is gorgeous. What is ink blots? It is, yeah, those are, those are like splooges. Things you can those just, are, um, yeah. 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 Those are abatement tokens, These which I'll talk about. Those are very, very drops. cool. And so, the, yeah, the, so there's these... Um, that you have to pay with the points, which or pay with the cards, which I really like. That's it makes fun. you make those decisions of like, do I want? I really want this card, but I need this card in the moment. You probably also get those. into situations where you're like, all right, I got these two cards. Oh shit, I can't yeah. play them both. I have to spend one to right. play. So no! you're either waiting to take turns to get cards that you don't necessarily want to mm. p- to pay for them. Um, so and then once a card it's oriented on your board, it can either be in each spot, each of the ten spots. It can be oriented on the top of that spot or the bottom of that spot, and it has to match. So if you're looking at pictures, you, there's like, here's the, the lion symbol. You orient that on the top so the lion symbols match. That now has to be the same orientation for the entire row, the okay. entire three-card three, three card row. Mm-hmm. So you would limit yourself in what symbols and what colors and what shapes can be in certain spots because the moment you put something down, you've now oriented that entire row. So there are these the splooge tokens, the little ink blots are called abatement tokens. And you right. can put those out there to like break a rule. Oh, okay. So you break a rule, and later in the game, you can build on top of that. You can like overpaint that area, Hmm. and you can take the imp block back, and you can then use it again if you want. 
but but if you don't fix it by the end of the game, you lose eight points, which is what huge a, in this what a game. Weird wow. theme. It's interesting a weird theme, That's but it so seems like it, it comes through a little bit. And yeah. one thing I'll say in the in the positive section that I'll just move up here is like the the book, the instruction book, the rule book has all these very cool historical things in it that talk about this is what this word means because the cars that you put out have different like names for them and this is what they mean in certain ways and that felt cool if you're like somebody who likes the theme and you want to get into it a little more that helps so there's a whole bunch of different like boxes they're like highlighted in blue or green and that's like the historical stuff you don't have to read right but if you want to i thought that was that was a cool yeah addition. that is cool so there are also these cool herald tokens that let you do kind of like a super action if you want um so really the way that you're orienting this these this board is a borderline like abstract sort of puzzly process of yeah. like I need this pink shape to be here, but I can't because I oriented it differently in that row. So that was kind of unique um, and brought a little bit of this abstract into it. So what I liked, I think it's a cool game. Like you said earlier, the art is beautiful. The iconography left nothing to question. And that is, again, Eno Tools wheelhouse of just going, why doesn't everyone make iconography? Like he Mm -hmm. makes iconography. Mm -hmm. Study what he does. If you are making a game, I never looked at the rule book for any symbol or any anything because it's just right there. Even the board that you're drawing cards from, as I was reading the rule book, I'm like, am I going to know how the game ends? It's right there. Am I going to know what I can do with my Herald token? It's right there. Like there's My boss's nothing. name is Herald. Ooh, Herald. <laughs> his tokens. Yeah. So your boss's tokens. His tokens. Are, yeah. They made it in the game. <laughs> and there was just nothing to ever question. And that was, that's like just perfect. So managing cool. what cards can go where, as well as matching orientations to fulfill these objectives. There's like five objectives that you're probably never going to complete all of them because if you complete one, you might have locked out the ability to put like a yellow card on the board because of you doing other ones. So sort of making that decisions was really fun and I thought really challenging. I also liked, like I said earlier, that you have to pay cards in your hand to place cards that are in your hand. That created the fun decisions like you said. Or if it didn't create a fun decision, it at least made you wait a turn to take cards that you didn't want. To use them to pay Which means that other people could be fulfilling those requirements first, which you have to pay... Um, attention to what other people Ooh, are doing. That's a cool decision. So I like that. If you aren't the first one to some of these uh, point cards or the uh, the distinguished cards, the goal cards, you get the herald token, which is kind of like a little bit of a catch up mechanism, which I didn't hate. I didn't love. That was sort of in the middle of like I have to play that again to feel how it doesn't let you just run away with the game. Um, I would like maybe something to fix. Maybe a first turn. I felt like I was the first one to get to a lot of things. Um, but that could have been Devin not paying attention to what I was doing. And maybe she just goes to something else. Right. They have these massive wooden tokens. That's going to be the first thing that you see in this game. There's these huge tokens that they're big orange, like ones like a dragon and a horse. And saw that they're amazing looking tokens. And the only thing those are are two points. If you get to a certain (laughs) scoring thing first, like if you get to 10 points, 20 points, 30 points, 40 points first, you just get that. And it counts as two extra points at the end of the game. But it's like the coolest way to get two points. That is cool. They're awesome. They're like probably three or four inches tall and thick, chunky, cool. Which is a normal size. That's a, that's a very... Very normal. That's very... Yeah. I've read it's normal. Me too. It's normal. Yeah. It's normal. <laughs> and the girth is normal. It's too. very average. It's very normal. Normal. <laughs> so if you like um, if you like sort of this puzzly challenge, there was a lot more puzzle there than I would have expected or anticipated i thought it was just kind of be like let me finish this first one to finish their board right or sure you can meet these requirements but there was a fun puzzle there that i really enjoyed um a few downsides there's a lot of icons and colors and placements that you're just going to need to pay attention to Mm. so for example one of the symbols is a crown 
you're gonna you're gonna have crowns on your cards. They might be in four, three or four different goal cards, and you can count them toward other things. So you have to pay attention to like, all right, if I get a crown, that can be for three of these cards, but Got that it. one needs a yellow one. So you're gonna have so to I gotta get that. There's yeah. a lot of paying attention to iconography. It all makes sense. It's just symbols and colors. But for Devin, it was a little overwhelming. She was like, there's just a lot of shit that I have to look at and pay attention to. So that was a little bit of a turnoff for her. How cool do you feel if you're David Conklin, this nobody, yeah, this nobody. complete nobody, nobody yep. and then your game comes out and you get Ian O'Toole to yeah. do the artwork on and, it. Yeah, Chad Elkins or our uh, yeah, 20th, 20th Century, century calls you and he's like, Okay, we got we Ian got, O'Toole. To we landed Ian O'Toole. Yeah, and you're I, a nobody. You yeah. know, you're a nobody. We got a somebody to make up yeah. for your nobodiness. <laughs> so, um, I didn't. Le- you're also playing this game sort of by yourself. It's it's a head down because you're looking at this like puzzle, sort of challenging of like, how am I going to orient my things? You need to pay attention to other people because there are goal cards, but it doesn't force you to pay attention to them. Uh, I do like that the game scales with uh, two players. There's only a certain amount of spots for you to score points on the. Um, uh, on the goal cards, all the goal cards can be for four players. You just flip it over, and there's more spots for you to get those objectives. Mm. So it does force a little bit of, of race to certain things. But you are looking at your board trying to play the game. Um, nothing made me walk away and go, like, this game fucking blew me away. But everything was just really solid. Like, everything, the puzzle was challenging. Paying for cards was was fun. The art was beautiful. It was fun to, like, manipulate things. And... Overall, I think the game is really good. It, it was it was better than I had anticipated in terms of the crunchiness. Okay. The weight. So better than good, not great. Yeah, better than good, not great for sure. Devin also wasn't into it. So I felt that could have like been like well, colored your opinion, yeah. A but. little bit. But she was like she's she said she knew the game was good. She just didn't all the icons kind of got her trying to think about but that's that's the puzzle. That's the process that people love about it is all right, three of those goal cards have the lion on it. I'm going to start trying to collect lion cards because I'm going to try to get those ones and then I'll mm-hmm. piece the other ones together, sort of. The abatement token, it's in like the advanced rules. Play with it right away. Play with something where you can make a mistake and then if you don't fix it, you get punished. That's cool. So play with that abatement token, I would say, right away, the little sploogy thing. Play with that immediately. Um, overall, Blazing is good. Cool. Yeah. Blazing. Yeah, Blazing. 25th Open, century just keeps yeah, going. Pledges, like I said earlier, I have, you know, I got to say these kind of things, right? Late pledges are available. 25th century. Um, you can go back their game Ratu, which is just going to blow up. Ratu? Ratu, the electric oh, boom Yeah. <laughs> Kanitsia returns. <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweet. In my ever-long quest to play every blank and right game that exists on the market today, I was led to the dice version of a game well-beloved here by all of us game casters, Rahas of the Ganges. I know I'm pronouncing that wrong. I won't correct it. This game <laughs> was the first I'd played that had two tracks that went in opposite directions, and then once they met, the game ended. Love it. I don't know if that was the first one that did it. Probably not, but it... When it did, we were just kind of like, Poof. yeah, it was awesome. Like, wow, now that's Ark Nova. crazy Ark cool. Nova Ark Nova does it now. I'm sure there's others Stolen. that we haven't played. Yeah. What a cool idea that one was. Uh, like like Jeff just said, one that Ark Nova completely ripped off. What a stupid, awesome game that is. And so <laughs> how would the roll and write version of Rahas of the Ganges hold up? If you know Rahas of the Ganges, you are rolling dice and allocating them to take actions, which allow you to place tiles on your player board, travel down a river, collect and sell goods, and curry the favor of nobles in the royal palace. In the Roll and Write version, it's exactly the same. It's so damn exactly the same that it's incredible. This Roll and Write feels more like its board game counterpart than any I've played before. The game feels as though someone squeezed a copy of Rahas of the Ganges, and what dripped out onto the floor was this game. That sounds bad, but it's not. In this game, players roll dice, 
that are made up of four different colors. The green dice allow you to build roads that lead to various buildings, the tile-laying aspect of the game, uh, or blue dice that allow you to travel down the river to collect various goods, points, and things, the purple dice, which allow you to uh, uh, collect valuable goods to be sold later, or the yellow dice, which allow you to curry favor with the palace nobles that grant cool special abilities. You get fame points for building out your map with roads, connecting them to different buildings, and wealth points by selling goods. Once these two tracks eventually intersect, the game is over, and whoever has the largest disparity in this crossover wins. Things I liked. I am so happy with this game. It has all the combo-tastic things I love about Rollin' Rights, and other than Hadrian's Wall, I think this game has the most. It really feels like I'm playing Rahas of the Ganges, and that's something really interesting about this design, as the game is a very distilled version of its big brother, in a fraction of the time, with a fraction of the footprint. The production is very high level. The dice seem to be that heat transfer printed type of dice that Too Many Bones uses, which just feels really good on my finger pads, and have that feeling of quality about them. Things I didn't like. The only thing I can think about that I didn't like about the game was there was a bit of this unintuitive rule with how these half roads worked. Uh, which, if you get the game, you'll understand what I'm talking about. It's not super difficult, but it did cause some confusion throughout the play that was a bit of a letdown to the rest of the rules, which were very simple and easy to follow and remember. Overall, though, I massively enjoyed this roll and write. It's quickly shooting up to one that I think I'd want to play most outside of something like Whoa. Hadrian's Wall or Three Sisters or Demeter. So it's in that category. It's up yeah. there. I was We were playing the game, and I always know when I love a game. I, I talk about it all the time. When during the play, I'm just saying things like, wow, this is cool. Yeah. Ooh, oh, I, man, I oh, like this. Oh, yeah, that happened this. Oh. a lot. Yeah. And it happened a lot before. So it happened at the beginning. I was like, oh, this is cool. This really feels like Ross the Ganges to me. Like It really feels like it. And then... A turn happened where I was like, I circled this, and then I crossed that out, and lets me get this, and then I can go over here and do this, and then I can go that and get that. Boom. And it was like, oh, whoa, that was cool. And Natalie had that moment, too, which I'll let you talk about, Natalie, in a second, but where we, I was like, I finished my turn, and I was like, I just had the coolest turn ever in my head. And I'm like, what is she doing over there? And Natalie's like, and she's like, I haven't even finished yet. And then I was like, wow, I had the coolest turn, and she's having one, too, yeah. at the exact same time. And it was like, it was that moment where I was like, oh, man, is this fun. And we, it was very, very close. We yeah. were like... I think it was like... Three to two or something. Yeah, it was like, right. It was like three to two was the end score. Because, you know, you get the total of the crossover kind of is, like is your points. Yeah, and Ra has the Yeah, and like Agnor and Ra has the Ganges. But like, but it was cool because the whole game, which takes about 25 minutes maybe yeah. to play, you're like, you're like writing on your sheet and you're like looking, glancing over. Yeah, what are like, you doing? What's going on over there? <gasps> okay, I have 14 uh, you know, of this one, she yeah. has 13. Okay, I gotta make sure I stay ahead of her. But I'm like, oh God, she's got like 20 wealth and I only have 18. Oh no. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's like, it's really fun. I don't know. It's really all the actions. Do you have to were like good. let each other know that you've crossed, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So once there's nothing you cross, that you see as a common area of like no, no. you, have to you, sort you, of you like, each have your own sheet. Looking, mm -hmm. okay. And it, yeah, when you cross, you're it like I've crossed, and then the you finish and, the round, yeah. and then you should it's be over. paying attention. You yeah, oh, you need to. to the other you need to be paying yeah. attention. If you're not, you're gonna lose. Yeah, you're definitely gonna lose. But every action was really fun. Just like in Rahas the Ganges, taking. Like the tile laying aspect was really, really fun. You know, figuring out what, how to allocate your dice and what to do with them. Really, really cool. You know, selling the goods was fun. Taking the palace actions was fun. Getting the bonuses when you get to the edge of the tracks, you know, or yes. the edge of the board. You I get love those Gandhi. bonuses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this has every single thing in the board game on this piece of paper. 
the exact same way. Yeah. I was like, so blown away. The only thing it doesn't no, it does it all. Down to like the a, dice are a little cooler looking in the board game version. That's the only thing I would yeah. say. But they're even awesome looking in this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Natalie, you talk about it. What do you think? Guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. The little elephant. I guy. mean, I'll be quick because I had a lot of the same thoughts as you. I thought it was really fun. I always felt like there was something good to do on your turn. So even if you like took a dice I wanted, there's still always something else that was still pretty good to do. Um, so it didn't feel like frustrating or punishing. There was so many fun combo actions. It wasn't even like like eventually you got a fun combo action i felt like that happened like pretty frequently yeah you know maybe not so much in the beginning but like as you were going i'm like it kept happening and it was awesome it was was so good yeah it was i thought the 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 length was great um what about the girth (laughs) i feel like for like the average was it normal normal. for how short this game was you got like so much bang for your buck and you know like what's short is it half hour short under under an hour for sure i'd say it was like i think it's about 25 to 30 minutes okay minutes but like in that 30 minutes it's like jam-packed fun and action you know it's not just like we played the we played imperial settlers rolling right which is probably a similar length of time and it that was like eating like someone hands you a chicken bone that like someone's already taken six bites out of this one you get that mm. turkey leg at the Renaissance Fair that's what this <laughs> yeah, was all right. but it says like it's the same amount of time in the game but I'm like right. oh yeah there's like so much more uh, yeah I loved it I thought it was really fun and um, and I agree I thought the same thing I was like I feel like this is I'd put this up there with like three sisters mm-hmm. and we love three sisters mm-hmm. and again I agree with you the only downside. I mean, we only played it the once, so it shouldn't really be a thing later. But there was definitely some rule vagueness that we kept having to like check, especially yeah. for the two-player game. I think because it was like a little different, but they didn't explain it enough for the two-player game. And so we were like, "So wait, yeah, the rules were a little." For, scant. If there's two players, how do we do this then? And it didn't really say. So some of the rules we either figured out in the middle of the game and had to like switch, you know. But again, that was our first play, so maybe that was yeah. just like a there was even one thing. at the end. I was like. Oh, I think we did this. I think this was supposed to be done this yeah, way. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. And then, but it wasn't a big deal. Ooh, no. But it was just like, like and that's why is that? That's a little more confusing than I think it should have been for a game sure. of this of this yeah, li- yeah, you know yeah. lightness. But yeah, it was great. It was. Awesome. It was cool. I I really think I know you're not the hugest fan of blank and right types of games. I think this one would hit for well, you. But I love Rahas of the Ganges. I love that's what I mean. And and I've always it been, feels just like I feel it, like dude. I've always held off on the 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 little sister brother of this of those games right like the yeah. castles of burgundy dice game or you know people say that they're they're great and they're a part of that game um but like i've just been like i don't want i don't I like, want i usually I just like want to play the game yes i usually I like the board the game. game version better almost in every situation yeah like castle burgundy dice is good i would always rather play castle yeah, burgundy just part of me yeah. same with Twa. It forces me to then go well i want to play the other one instead like three sisters being its own unique sort of you know sure. farming i don't go well i'd rather play istanbul you know what i mean mm-hmm. but when i play istanbul the dice game i say man i want to play Istanbul. i'd rather play istanbul yeah right yeah. so this i would definitely play it it's been on like my amazon watch list forever like the moment it drops like under 20 bucks or something. i think but, you would really um, really enjoy this dude it's very it feels so similar to the board game in a in a great good. way because you can get it played in 20 minutes yeah natalie you ready this is your pub meeple are you ready? I know every lo- you all love Hadrian's Wall more than this, so I'm not going to do this. You ready for this? This is your pub meeple. I love it. Okay. Okay. Three Sisters or Rahas of the Ganges dice game? Ooh. Ooh. It's like, how do you pick that? You've played Three Sisters much more. You played I this know. one recently. Or how about this what one? How about word? Three Sisters or Rawrin right? 
Ooh, another good one. I forgot about Rar and Wright. Rar. Oh, okay, how about this one? Yeah, Rar Three Sisters or Demeter? We'll get that one out. Of okay, way. yeah. Three Sisters. Okay, good. We'll, I would say Demeter. In your in your face, Demeter. I would, say Demeter. Okay. Yeah. I would say Demeter. Yeah, right. What I would about Rar and Wright or Ganges? Mm. So those th- are those three just like Fuck. it's Hadrian's Wall and then those three? Is that kind of where you're at? So Three Sisters, Ganges, Rar and Wright. Hadrian's Wall is one yeah. and then the other three are there. I mean, I only played Rar and Wright and Ganges the once. <laughs> Rar. 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 I know. I might like Ganges better than Rar and Wright, only because too. of I think I do too. It's so much simpler. Yeah, it's simpler. Sure. Rar and Wright's a little. Rar Wright's got more to it, which is yeah. good. Rar Wright. It's, it's really Rar Wright. <laughs> Rar Wright. It's really good. Cool. Yeah. But I, if I were like to just pick out a game and play Rar and Wright, I'd have to look at the rules again. Yeah. And be like, this okay, how does this? One, this one is so easy I to might just be like, like Ganges more than three sisters. Oh, baby! Sorry, Chad, a twenty fifth century game. <laughs> <laughs> When we got that mo- the Motor City, the, the car game Yep, coming that's coming soon, soon too. too. I can't wait for that. <laughs> that's a new one. So anyway, yeah, Man. that is Rahas of the Ganges. Now Jeff's got another game that we just played before the show. Jeff, tell us all about it, man. This is a game about Natalie. It's yeah. called Dog Lover. <laughs> and because I just find dogs acceptable. Yeah, I don't. Dogs are no, fine. Dogs are fine. I don't have any, nor will I... I don't believe that a dog will end up in our home at any point. <laughs> Devin is not a big Unless someone fan. brings one over. Um, usually when I take my son, Jack, to my mom's house, who has a dog, the first thing he says when we walk in the door is, go away, Jackson, which is the dog. <laughs> Jack and Jackson. <laughs> anyway, because the dog is right there, and they're like face height, and the dog is like, but anyway. So Natalie's a dog lover, so this is right up Natalie's her Yeah. Um, this is a re-implementation that AEG put out of a game that I think went crazy popular called Cat Lady. Yeah. It's very similar. I don't know if you're going to end up needing both of them, but I wanted to talk about Dog Lover. So in Dog Lover, you fetch cards. (laughs) Yeah, you fetch them. Um, From a three by three grid. Okay. Everyone starts with this trick card. Again, it's it's got this kind of cute theme to it. It It could be anything. But they did it very well with putting all these dogs and the different things that dogs do or mm-hmm. the tricks are called like roll over and dance and shake hands and kiss and all this kind of fun okay. stuff that dogs do. So everyone has this trick card, which dictates which card that they can take from this three by three grid. So they can rotate this trick card. Um, just for reference, the first trick, if you play on like a base game, is just called sit. And it's basically a straight line of three cards. So you can orient this thing however you want. And you then take the line of cards that you're you're putting your trick card next to as is tradition we we had different ones to start with which um natalie had like lay down or roll over right so that was like two cards from one row and then one from the next one over right so there's different ways it basically dictates which cards you can take from this three by three grid all the cards there are you can get more dogs you can get tricks tricks let you put more if you get a, a few tricks you can actually buy different trick cards which lets you get I'm going to say trick again. Yep, Tricks. Do it. it lets trick, you trick. get different cards from the grid or use a different trick card to get from those um, that three by three grid. You can get adoption papers, which lets you get dogs from the rescue. the pound, the rescue. Dogs before they get, you know, ooh, ooh, you're too old. Ooh, you got to go. so kill one of this other guy. Yeah, so you can <laughs> use those guys. adoption papers to get new dogs. Um, there's like food. There's walk 
there's toy, there's, you know, boner cards, there's special ability cards. <laughs> I love the boner cards. And I had three of them. They're basically a whole bunch of dog <laughs> stuff, right? Tennis yeah. balls, frisbee. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of dog mm-hmm. shit that going on. You get those cards. And you, yeah, there's actually, <laughs> there's there's no, dog yeah, there's actually, there's actually there no like dog shit. There's actually no dog shit. There'll be a dog shit expansion or something. Yeah, there should be like a poop bag card. That could be like the negative thing. You have <laughs> yeah. to take them because they're in your, in your yeah. grid. That'd be interesting. It shows like that Let's plastic thing over your hand. Yeah, like your hand going through it. So as you get these cards, you're creating a kind of a tableau of dogs and tucked cards. So as you collect dogs, you put them out in front of you and you have to have the food in order to feed the dogs or the dogs don't score points. Every time you get some of these cards, it says you must tuck them underneath. So the dog that I had was, what was your dog named? Taco? Yeah, so Taco. Like, once all you grab them, Taco, the small dog, and then later you grab a walk, you slide the walk underneath Taco, and you took Taco for a walk, and now he gets more points. Some cards end up in your hand. Some cards have the kind of special abilities that make your dog do different things. Like I had one that was like a food hound or something like that, which means that all the food I got went under his card, when he, and then I got more points for it. Yep. And you play until you, you almost run out of the deck, right? There's a, a card stuck 10 cards deep and then, or 10 cards from the bottom. And as soon as that card pops up, you're done. And then you count up points for essentially what your dogs have. So your dogs get a bunch of points as long as you feed them. And then that's the game. You keep doing this over and over again, using your trick cards to grab random, you know, dog shit cards. Yeah, get the dog and, shit. Uh, do you want me to start? Sure. Yeah. I think this game is better than I thought it was going to be. I was like, all right, dog lover. First of all, I, I don't, I'm not getting into the theme, but I can tell you the theme I think is there. I think that we looked at some of these kind of funny cards and we're like, that dog's name is Fresh Prince. Like, <laughs> yeah, print, print, right? Prince. Like, th- that's fun to like, look at the dogs. They have cute little artwork on them. They're not, it's not like super realistic art, but it's art that is whimsical and kind of fun to like, look at the dog. So I like that. There's also some kind of combos that I felt like, um, Ryan and I got (laughs) where you know my dog could collect those those favorite things or also could collect um the food cards and Ryan had one that was able to collect any card but had to be unique unique yeah so that sort of created different things of why you'd want to grab certain cards I think this game so I played this game with um board game club on Friday and I think it is like perfect for the short 40 minutes 45 minutes that I have with board game club it's um, it gave them a little bit of taste of like what a board game could be yeah. or a card game, I guess, but yeah. what a game could be because they've never played anything. Um, and in 45 minutes, I could I could teach them that. And one kid, he just had the great quote. I said, well, what'd you think? He's like, well, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Printed on the box. what designers go for? <laughs> that should be the Game Caster's award that's printed yeah, on boxes. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Well, it's and good for, a, for people who are too intimidated to try yeah, harder games. Yeah, for a 14-year-old mm-hmm. to say yeah. that, that meant that he had fun playing yep. this game. And he was expecting the not. He was the expecting not. the worst, and he was like, exactly. oh, this so isn't bad. as bad. It's I'm, shitty, but it's not, <laughs> as, it's not as shitty as I thought. And I don't think you need to love dogs to have fun with the game. I don't think yeah. probably for Cat Lady you need to love cats in order to it, but maybe if you have a preference for one or the other, get one or the other. Right. Because uh, they're, the, they're the same mechanically? I believe they're the same mechanically. In terms of taking the cards from the grid, I'm sure there's a different way of how you take them, but essentially there is a three by three grid in Cat Lady. Like you, and you're building you a tableau. Them, yeah, you might not need both of them unless you just want cute games about animals in your collection. Mm-hmm. Um, but what did you guys think of Dog Lover? Well, unlike you, I had zero expectations going into this. Uh, so when you showed me this, you were like, hey, you guys want to play uh, Dog Lover? I, I'm... I was kind of like, I wasn't like turned off by the theme, mm-hmm. but I also wasn't uh, averse to it. Wait, is that the same thing? I wasn't like excited <laughs> about it either. <laughs> I was kind of like, okay, let's see what this is all about. Like I, I was going to it with a very, very open mind. 
I had no idea what the game was about in any way. I had heard of Cat Lady, but I had mm-hmm. no idea that Cat Lady, what it was about. I just knew it, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wasn't that interested in that either. Yeah. Um, and so when you explained this one, I was very... I, I I gave it a similar it gave it gave me I should say a similar feeling to Downtown Farmers Market, and that game was another game which I had zero expectation for, and it kind of wowed me. Or at the end of it, I was kind of like, "Wow, man, this is really cool, actually." And I kind of felt that way about Dog Lover, and part of it was because of the theme. There was in a similar way to Roll Camera, I kind of enjoyed reading the cards that had. You know, like this one's a chew toy and this one's a frisbee. And if you collect two of those, you get three points. Oh, if you yeah. also get the doghouse, oh, yeah, I can get five points. And they did a very good job coming up with ways to thematically integrate these card mechanisms in a way that I also thought Roll Camera did. However, Roll Camera's game was shite. <laughs> if you don't know about Roll Camera, go back about 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> in. In um, the Bloodhound Gang, I thought that <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the, the mechanics and the, and the actual gameplay was very good. I was so it's got this cool thing that Jeff talked about, where there's a grid of three or three cards, and you have a card that allows you to take cards from the grid in a different pattern. The pattern is determined by the trick card that you have in front of you. You can get more of those and whatever. But so I thought it was really interesting and fun to go. Okay, there's nine cards out there. I want a lot of those, but I I need to get the three that work the best based on this card that I have that allows me to take cards. And that was a really fun point of decision, mm-hmm. I think, for me each turn. Yeah. I really enjoyed, like, it wasn't obvious. I don't like when I'm like, okay, well, I'm clearly going to just take that card. Okay. I don't like that. This was like, ooh, can I take these three? No, I can't get my shape to work in a way to get the three exact ones that I want. Or, oh man, I can get the three ones that I want. Oh, the damn bulldog meeple is right in front of the row and now I can't take two cars in that row. Shit. And it seemed to happen every time. And I liked that because then it made you pivot. And games that make you pivot and have a place to go to pivot are my favorite types of games. Obvious yeah, games I agree with that. are, they get boring. But if there's a game that forces you sometimes to pivot, or it's like it puts you in a situation that you have to pivot, but then it gives you a way to do that, that's the stuff I love because that kind of thing is what leads to cleverness. That's what leads to coming up with with turns that make you remember the game. And so this had that for me, where I was like, man, I really want that card. Shit, I can't get it. <gasps> But actually, this card, I, if I go this way and get these two instead, then I can go on that path, and I already have one of these cards. Ooh. And it that happened two or three times during this game where I opened up a little bit, and I was like, oh, I wasn't going to go for this card, and now there's one right there that I can get, even yeah. though it's not my first choice. I like that. And then that became my strategy, kind of, and I scored a ton of points doing the, the boners. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was like, okay, I got these boners now. Now I got to start collecting dogs. Yep. And so that was really fun. A, a fun pivot yeah. motion. Be, be one of the grossest senses. <laughs> like, I, I have a lot of boners. Now, where are them dogs? I got to find those. Go. Get over here, dogs. dogs. I'm full of boners. Take care of my boners. Get over here right now. <laughs> Come here, Taco. Get over I need here. somewhere to put my boners. I got a lot of boners. But... So I really, really, really enjoyed that part of the game. Now, Jeff, I just mentioned this about Blazin that I also think applies to this. You're not going to play this and be like, oh, my God, this is the only game I need to have in my collection. It's not going to blow you away, I don't think. It's not going to wow you. It's not going to like, this isn't going to be 
a game that you just are like, I can't stop playing Dog Party. What's it called? Dog, dog Lover. Dog Lover. I can't stop. Is your dog? Dog Party. Yeah. Dog I can't stop playing. <laughs> I can't stop playing Dog Lover. I can't like this is just so great. It's it's I don't it didn't reach that level to me, but I really enjoyed it and I would gladly play it anytime somebody invited me to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think this game was good. I think this game was yeah. was good. I don't think it was great, but I also don't think it was good not great, which is kind of different to me. Yeah. I feel like good not great is kind of like you were expecting it to be great and it wasn't. Yeah. You know, a game a game like you, you'll play Terraforming Mars and somebody could be like it was good not great. Mm-hmm. That's like it could have been great, but it wasn't. This game, I don't think, was trying to be great. This right, isn't trying yeah. this to is be a, a game in your top game. ten. Yeah. This is a good, solid game that doesn't deserve the title of Good Night Great while also <laughs> still being good. I think I said a lot of really apropos things there, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Okay. I like that. All right, that's my that's my take on it. I really, really that. enjoyed it. What do you think, Natalie? Gosh. Follow that bitch. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a dog term. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> this game is called Bitch Lover. <laughs> that's Natalie, my bitch lover. <laughs> oh my god. It's okay, I'm also uh, your bitch lover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. obviously, I love the theme of this game. <laughs> Why is that obvious, Natalie? Because I love dogs. Yeah, you I've do. I've said it a bunch of times. You married to one. <laughs> oh, wolf. You are. You are. Definitely. Yep, I got all those bones. <laughs> he's, he's a dog. Dogs. <laughs> I see all the I see all the reels you save in Instagram. They're all dog bones. <laughs> They're all like girls dancing, girls dancing. Some, no, some of them are just funny ones of people. Some of them are dad jokes. Some of them are food <laughs> and food. Yeah, it's either food or girls dancing. <laughs> oh yeah. Anyways, I love the theme. Um, I mean, I agree with you. I thought it was a good game. Um, I liked the decisions of having to choose which cards based on your tricks. Um, I thought there was a little more to it than I thought there would be. And I played it very poorly, (laughs) but it was fun. Like I enjoyed playing it. And at the end, I was like, I really want to play this again because like, yeah, now I know. Yeah, we're not even just now I know. Oh, it was no, more just that. like, I had fun playing this. <laughs> like I want to play it again it. and do it better because, <laughs> you know, I did so bad. But I I liked it, you know, despite that. It wasn't like, it wasn't like even like, I wasn't even getting frustrated. I was just like, I don't know what happened there. Yeah, like what's going on? Yeah. Well, I mean, there there is some randomness. In yeah, there, there is too, some randomness. Bit, so. and, and like, you know, I could definitely see how there's certain things that could like work out together. Yeah, you I mean, know. if you're going for some cards here, if I was going for it, so and then they don't come right. out, you know, or, or yeah. they just get taken by your opponents. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, ah, oh, darn, it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah, but I agree. It was a good game. Love the theme. It was very cute, and it was fun. That is dog... Dog bitch lover. Bitch dog lover. lover. Dog lover. I got one more. I just want to quickly mention that I played at Board Game Club that sure. I think is a good... Which one will just keep coming back to Board Game Club? It's it's in the Ascension world. It's called Ascension Eternal. Um, okay. It is basically a two-player only version of ascension so they've taken the base ascension and they've shrunk it down into just the two player like enough cards for the two player is that old it's no not old there was another ascension two player game that came out a long time ago yeah i they keep kind of doing that they keep rehashing it because um, you're right this came out in 2020 so this one i know and may, maybe this is different from the other two player one but you can this has you you can add more like boxes to increase the number of players oh. but i just don't know if you'd want to just play then a regular ascension sure um but i'm bringing this because this is good for two players also good for someone i played it uh two fridays ago with someone who 
didn't have like they didn't have a group. They were first and nine. I'm like, well, let's just play just play this with me. Play just like let me teach you how to, what a deck builder is. Yeah. So again, being if you've never played Ascension and you only play two players and maybe you don't want to get you know Curse of the Isle or the bigger box ones, right? You can get this smaller box. It's like half the size of a um, code name box. It's a small just. It's bigger than like No Thanks or, or the mind yeah. of the game. It's bigger than that, but mm-hmm. it's a, a good travel box, two-player game. It's, again, in, inter- introduces you into the the Ascension world of I can buy cards and I can fight, um, and you play until the, the, the gems run out, right? Yep. So it's, it's, it's a good addition to that if you just strictly play two players. Sweet. Um, I will play that with Board Game Club. I would play it just with Devin. I'd probably play that before I necessarily played any of the bigger ascensions, especially yeah. if it's just like you're introducing that. I've always topic. been interested in like the the two player only versions because I had Chronicles of the Godslayer forever. Yeah, and I only really ever played that two player. Like we only we didn't play it. I guess well, a couple times we played with Jeremy or something like that. Yeah, um, I've never played. That. I think it's it, it you would ever play feel... Ascension. Oh, okay, I did. I'm like you play Ascension a ton. Yeah, I never you owned the well, damn game. Sorry, woman. We geez. said something about. I think it would feel bitch almost lover. exactly the same. Yeah, <laughs> it would feel the same as as. Chronicle of the God Slayer because that's the the original. That's yeah. like the OG. Right. It wouldn't feel like Curse of the Golden Isle or the other pirates or the other themed ones. It would feel like that, but just sort of an in a smaller way, I guess. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, so that that's another one I'm, I've been bringing to Board Game Club a lot. So Dog Lover and Ascension Eternal is going to be at Board Game Club a lot. Very cool. cool. Lately. So yeah, I, I would love. I'd be very interested to hear follow ups on both of them. Okay. I as, as stuff goes on. I think we played yeah. it three player with. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, and 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 Mr. Measles. Just him. McDavid Mc didn't play with us. Yeah, at, at Grand Con, you mean? I remember that. Right, it's yeah. not as bad as you thought. I think we did. Yeah, did I think it was a four-player game. Uh-huh, oh. I think so. Yeah, where would he have been? I thought he was doing something. So, in our quest, like I said, your our annual quest to play all the Spiel des Jahres games, uh, we got another one to the table again before the show. This one is Scout. <sighs> Scout. Let it all out. This is the game we'll be talking about. Come on. I'm coming in you. Come on. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So Scout, uh, designed by Kai Kajino, and it's an Oink game, which, man, do I love Oink games. Just a little. Yep. A lot of the Oink, the Oink games are so fun in a way that's like they're different enough. You know, that you almost kind of like feel like you haven't played them before, and then other games come out, and it's like, oh, you just rip off of that. Where yeah, words. And then they do like... It feels like there's so much in this, like, just tiny, it's tiny, tiny little eensy-weensy box. And now they've pigeonholed themselves. And only yep, making they can't do that now. Yeah. Yep. Well, that's all you got to do. But it's fine because it's really, really cool. So Scout, it's actually called Scout for the Show, I think. I couldn't... No, it's just called Scout. It's, it's called Scout. It's not called Scout for the Show. Fuck that. It just says that. I'm so, working to get Scout in all capital letters. Yeah, it's just yeah. Says Scout. Scout. Right. So this game is a ladder climbing game. And if you don't know a ladder climbing game, uh, or if it's basically kind of similar to a trick taking game, whereas a trick taking game is you are play- everybody's playing cards to the center of the table. And there is a specific like trump card that will like take the win the trick in a ladder climbing game. You are uh, real quick for like a trick taking game. <laughs> think of games like like Euchre. Right, like act- or fox in the forest. Oh God, fox in the fuck, fox in the foxes. <laughs> yeah, those are trick-taking games where there are actual games the that have the crew or a bottle imp or stuff like that. Um, actually, have like something you can do to win the trick in a ladder climbing game, which is games like clubs or custom heroes or scout. Now it's a game where you're playing cards to the table. And then the next person in line uh, or the next person whose turn it is plays cards that just kind of beat that one. And you just keep going around until either nobody can beat it 
<laughs> or if everybody passes or something, and then it, that ends, you know, it's but it's very, very similar. Like a half brother to the trick taking game. I don't know. Scout is a ladder climbing game. And in this game, basically what you're doing is you are playing the game ends in as many rounds as there are number of players, which I thought was kind of cool. So we played a three player game, so the game went three rounds. In this game, the cards are they're not double sided, but they have two different numbers on them. So most, you know, playing cards just go from like uh, ace all the way up to king, right? These cards go from one all the way up to ten. Nine. In a three-player game, you don't play with the tens. Oh, yeah, why don't you just let me do this? And then oh. each card <laughs> has two sides on it, a top and a bottom. Oh, At the beginning of the game, you get a hand of cards and you like fan them out. And it's kind of like Bonanza. You cannot change the position of the cards in your hand. However, before each round, you have an option to take the cards and flip them all over because the bottom of the card has a different number on it than the top of the card. And so you're only playing with the number that's showing on top. But the, before the round starts, you can decide, okay, do I want to use the ones that are uh, you know, facing on the top right now or do I want to flip them all over? Once you decide that, the game begins and on, the, on your turn, you can do one of three things. You can either what's called show, okay, which means you're basically playing a card or more cards to the table. And the way you do it is you either play one card anywhere in your hand to the table, or if you're playing more than one card, they have to be adjacent to each other in your hand. So the cards you can play are of a kind, right? So I could play two threes if they're like right next to each other, or a run, you know, like three, four, five, or whatever. You can play as many cards of them as you, as you, as you can that are all next to each other. And then that kind of sets the tone for what the next person does. So let's say on my turn, I play two threes, like I, I talked about in my example. Boom, it's Natalie's turn. Now, Natalie has the option of either playing two fours, for instance, or anything higher with two cards, uh, or she could play three cards of anything, like three cards that are either in a row or that are match or that are of a kind. And so then it's Jeff's turn, and now he has to beat the three cards, whatever. And we keep going like that until either all of one person's cards have run out, which ends the round, or until somebody plays something and the next, all the rest of the opponents can't beat that. So they take the other action on your turn, which is scouting the name of the game. Holy cow. When it's, when it's my turn, let's say Jeff played two, three, four, five. So he played four cards out there. To beat that, I have to either play three, four, five, six, or anything with five cards. Or I could play four cards of a kind, which also beats four cards in a run, but who cares? So he plays that, and I can't beat that. The other option on my turn, you're not instead of passing, is scouting, which is taking one of the cards from the center of the table on either the left or the right side of that group. So if you played three, four, five, six, I can either take the three or the six. And remember, those cards have a number on the top and bottom. When I take that card into my hand, I put it anywhere I want to in my hand in any orientation I want to. So if I had, let's say, uh, a four and a six, and Jeff played three, four, five, six, and I take the three, but the other side of the three is a five, I can now put that five right in the middle of my hand to now I have four, five, six. And I can play that on my next turn. And so it just goes around and around like that until the round ends. And once the round ends, you gain points for, uh, I should say, whenever you beat somebody's cards that were played before you, you get to take those cards and put them in front of you. And at the end of the round, those will score one point for each card that you've taken. You also get points uh, in these other, for these other tokens, which I didn't explain, but you can re figure that out yourselves. And then you lose points for cards you still have in your hand. And then at the, you know, once the difference is 
figured out of those two. Those are your points for the round. At the end of the third round, you just see who has the most points, and they're the winner. So, things I liked about this game, I love ladder climbing games. I love those. I love them. Um, every one of them I play, I want to keep playing. They're really, really fun. This one does it a little differently. So, if you think about something like Custom Heroes, if you play Custom Heroes, Custom Heroes is a game, ladder climbing, but you're only allowed to do cards of a kind, right? So, you can only play two sevens, two nines, whatever. Uh, and then you have to go along in that fashion and play more or higher, you know, to win. There's other ladder climbing games where you're playing of a kind. This one, you can do either, and either one can beat the other one. So it's not like you have to follow follow suit every time. If Jeff plays two threes, I don't have to play cards of a kind. I could also play cards in a run. As long as there's more cards than Jeff played, I can win that. So if Jeff played two nines, which in a three-player game is the highest possible combination of two cards you can play, I can beat that with simply one, two, three. Because it's one more card than the nines, and I can play that, even though it doesn't follow his of a kind. And I really liked that aspect of it, that you have a lot of flexibility there. I also really liked the scout action, which again is the name of the game, because it, that allows flexibility when you, because you get your cards at the beginning of the game, and they're all random. They're randomized. And so you've got stuff everywhere, and it's not working out. But you have an action that you can take, where you can take one of the cards from that board that Jeff just played... And he gets a little benefit when I do that. And I can put that in my hand to now make something worth it for my next play. And that also makes the cards in the middle of the table easier for the next person in line to beat. Right? Jeff plays four cards, which is crazy to beat. But I take one of those away. Now there's only three cards to beat. Natalie now has an easier tr uh, chance to beat that. And uh, I've set myself up for my next turn. Jeff also gets a bonus. It kind of works for everybody. And it feels really good. So, things I didn't like. I can't think of a ton I didn't like about this. There's not a ton that there's not a ton not to like because there's not a ton about the game. Yeah, it's a ladder climbing game. Um, I guess. I mean, when you open the box, all the shit's just kind of everywhere, <laughs> and it's kind of like weird. Like, okay, I get you know. So I guess the to Jeff's point, they kind of pigeonhole themselves with these tiny little boxes. There's a lot of stuff in this box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that a negative? I don't really know, but I had to think of something on the spot, and that's what I came up with. Yeah. So, <laughs> Natalie, what about you? We go clockwise. Okay. Uh, I really like this game too. I I also love ladder climbing games. I love custom heroes. And you're right. This is kind of like a little twist on that. Um, it's a little different. It doesn't feel the same as that at all. It's lighter. It's quicker. Um, I like that it has the option of the two different numbers on each side of the cards. That was like a cool, unique thing. Um, that it added um, but I mean just because I like ladder climbing games in general and this one seemed different and and it was really fun you know I had a lot of fun playing it I'm glad we have it um, the only negative thing that I can think of is I mean we picked it up when you were explaining the rules but I think that the rules can be a little confusing to explain and you did a really good job and we understood it. But I remember thinking when you explained the rules, because you brought it, we had a family barbecue last night and a bunch of my family. You don't think they gone. would have understood? And I was like, I'm so glad you didn't pull this out because I guarantee a bunch of them would have been like, what? You know, <laughs> when, when you're trying to explain, you know, like if you have a pair, it trumps all like, you know, runs yeah. and this and this and this. And I think they'd be like, what? You know, yeah, it doesn't and, make any sense. Um, and I'm not saying like that's going to happen to everybody, but I'm there's a chance of that, and that's the only negative thing I can think of. Interesting. Of, of it. Yeah. Um, okay. But I loved it. Ooh. Yeah. Did you? All right. Keep it. There are special two-player rules I haven't oh, okay. really gone through oh, yet, right, but because there was like that extra. Stuff. I don't. Yeah. There's all this extra iconography stuff on the yeah, cards. The cards like, are all named. All the cards are yeah. Named one stuff. Why are they? They're like Natalie. So yeah. They're like named with like James, William, Natalie. Yeah. Weird. 
That was odd. Interesting. I'm not sure why that's. Maybe they're planning Jeff on. Jeff picked it up in his first card. Said Natalie, and he was like, Do "He's like, this is right yours. Like, I think I need to. <laughs> yeah, I got the wrong pile. My my pile's named Natalie. Yeah. All right, Jeff. What do you think? I liked it too. I think it's something. I, the negative I'll say right now is it's hard to find. Right. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um. I think it's just come. I think it's just come out. Yeah. So I'm gonna continue to look for it because I want it. I think you can um, find it now because oh, our what? our game group has custom heroes, and I don't I don't need to get that because we play with this. But I think this would be a good alternative custom heroes mm-hmm. also with less having to like slide take the cards out right, and, and that plus now they know um that style of game and so they'd pick this up probably a little quicker yeah it's yeah. i i really liked it too so to not say the same stuff that you said i th- I, I thought say uh that, that you <laughs> said was the one of the funnest things i thought was right at the beginning of the trick or the round you have to like to pick what side you want to orient your cards i thought was that was fun for me yeah. i like i I made the reference of like, it's like putting in a, a USB drive where you like put it <laughs> yeah, in one way and it doesn't fit and nope. you put it in the other way and it doesn't fit no. and you have to put it back the other way. So you look <laughs> yeah. and you're like, this is bad. And you flip it over and you're like, no, this so is, is this. Yeah, Let me look at the first worst. one again. Oh, this is good now. That's not bad. And you just go, okay, well now this <laughs> yeah, isn't bad. And my, my favorite thing as I was playing was deciding which cards to play because unlike um, Bonanza, you're, you're trying to play from one side. True. Yeah. This one, you can play cards from the middle, which then makes your hand better in the yes. moment. So if I have right. a three, four, and then a one, and then a five, six, if I play the one at some point, now I have three, four, five, six. Right. Right. So now I have that super powered thing to play. Yep. So I loved mm-hmm. making the decision of how do I play yep. cards from my hand to make my hand better? Not always to just necessarily try win. to get rid yeah, of your cards or sure. win the thing. How do I make it better? Right. And then the same thing of now I, now I I can't play. I can't win. Let me pick up a card, put it in my hand. Now my hand is even I better than it was. Yeah. Yep. So let me let it let it get around to me again. Yeah. I'll show them. Yeah. And then the round's over. And you're like, oh, well, it's yeah, tough. It's tough because especially yeah. in a three player game, like there was a moment where you picked up a card from Natalie's pile because mm-hmm. she had played like three or four cards. You picked one up, and I was like, oh yes, I can pick one up and be awesome. And you yes. were like, you can't do that, dude. That round over. will end. And I was yeah. like, oh, you're no, right. I gotta do oh something. no, yeah. I have to do something. It was really great. I'm going to continue to look yeah, for it until I, like I, I own it. I think you'll be able to find it quickly. I think because I had pre-ordered it sort of. I ordered it a few weeks ago and it was like, it's not being released until June 1st. Okay. And okay. so I'm like, oh, okay. So now you might be able to, you might yeah. be able to find it more regularly. Worst case, I'll get it at Gen Con because yeah. they, they always bring their stuff oh. and they have like yep. little deals for buying. But Oink games are really good. Yeah. I yeah. really, I generally enjoy my plays of Oink games. Yep. So that's so cool. Little. There's a little they tiny. Take up space. Yeah, exactly. That's so that, that's, uh, Scout, Scout, Let It All Out yep. by Oink Games. I'd like to talk to you all for a moment about the Gateway Board Gaming Network, which you can find at www.thegatewaynetwork.com and the Gateway Network on Instagram. The sole purpose of the network is to help new or up-and-coming content creators grow by shouting each other out. If you go to the Gateway Network website, you will find other amazing content creators who are trying to grow as well. They are all amazing people who produce fantastic content. It's very exciting, due also in large part to the merch store there. Yes, we've got a merch store, which you can find at www.thegatewaynetwork.com forward slash store. There you can find so many amazing items from a large portion of our members. Whatever kind of content you're looking for, the Gateway will have it. If you're a newer board game content creator and you're looking for a way to grow your content, please consider heading over to thegatewaynetwork.com to learn more. 
If you're looking to support the show, maybe consider flushing your money down the Gamecaster's toilet by way of our Patreon page. There are four different tiers which will get you access to behind-the-scenes content, exclusive content, or content ahead of time. You will also get swag that nobody else has access to and just the opportunity to help out and support a podcast which you sometimes listen to. We have amazing patrons. Thank you so much for your support, guys. If you'd like to donate to help us pay for things like hosting fees and that blank that Jeff's had his eye on, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Gamecasters to help out. The Gamecasters Twitch account has relaunched and we're live every Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday night streaming board game and video game content and having a blast talking to all of you. If you just simply can't get enough Gamecasters in your day, please consider heading on over to twitch.tv forward slash Gamecasters and give us a follow and maybe a sub. I have the best time streaming for everyone and it's just a super fun place to unwind after a long day and watch someone who is trash at games play games. Come hang out and engage with me in a way you never thought you had to before, but I'm sorry you do twitch.tv forward slash gamecasters possibly the best way to interact with all of us though is via our discord server if you go to the gamecasters instagram page you can check out our link tree in our bio to get access to our server it's a great way to engage with all three of us on a daily basis as well as meet a bunch of like-minded awesome people so check out our discord server Well, it's now that time of the show where Jeff takes over and allows me to go plug my mouth in for a little while in this episode's Instagram Inbox. And now it's time for the Instagram Inbox with the Mad Board Gamer. All right, I'm back for another installment of the Inbox while Ryan stuffs his mouth. No, you said? Oh, I'm plugging it in. I'm just, plug, I'm just going it, it, yeah i'm like charging it up yeah i'm oh. like out. i'm like beep beep that's there was some, like a there was some weird jokes in there somewhere i'm shoving some stuff into my hole <laughs> hey what do you guys have any turn-ons uh 13 what's like a turn-on for you okay i like uh, it when natalie shows me her breasts okay when ryan boobs. helps around the house okay cleaning and boobs that turns you on sexually yes okay jeff hold on we're, we're back i gotta go we'll right. mm-hmm. ryan's up there sweeping the floor with a boner <laughs> which natalie will soon take care of so i reached out into the world and asked for turn on and turn offs of board games so what like gets you going about board games what turns you off what says i missed this i didn't even see this that you posted this well thank you oh Oh, damn it i would i would have contributed to it so think about it no yeah think about it as you do it so boobs yeah boobs. if there's boobs in board games boobs games if there's a game that cleans itself up that would be something that would be, that would, that thing might turn everybody cleans out. Itself. You know, Quadropolis kind of turn, cleans itself up. That's true. Yeah. Any game <laughs> that, that you put stuff cool. back in to the box, mm-hmm. that's, yeah. Man, yep. That makes Natalie we're thinking sexually these. charged. Yeah. So I would have, if I, you know, cared, but it's my inbox, I can do what I want. I would have split this up into like a list of turn ons and then a list of turn offs. I'm just going to go as how they answered it in my Sounds good. gram. Okay. So I yep. can do what I want. Do, what do you it. Want. Um, better half reviews, because a lot of people gave me both with like, here's my turn on, here's my yeah, turn off. Sure. So, at the end, maybe we'll we'll do a couple, but okay. Uh, Better half reviews says useful box inserts. Completely agree. That's oh that, yeah, that gets me going. I would say for me, more than useful box inserts turn me on. Unuseful box inserts turn me off. Agreed. You know what I mean. Some of this yeah. is like the opposite, right? Something will turn you on. Something will turn you off. But I would say if if you're making an insert, either yeah, make it useful or don't put that stupid thing in the middle. Yes. That like yes. cuts it in half. I, I hate just that, that damn shit away thing. Anyway. That's dumb. Um, that was Natalie. Sorry. 
Yeah, it's always. Remember when I was like, he's about talking loud. It is always Natalie. He's talking about. Yeah, right. Let me eat this. Let me eat this. Yeah, because you did it really fast. That makes it loud. Maybe that was just Natalie's sex drive engaging because I was cleaning up the vase. I was like, oops. Why was it the loudest possible thing that could have ever happened? Allison also said beautiful art and components. That's, of course, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, good, that's a big turn on for sure. For a turn off for her in board games are app dependent board games. Oh. Really? So, I and she's not alone I feel in like a lot it's of very that. Mixed, I agree, but man, I am that. so yeah. the opposite yeah, way. Same. But I would say I'm not necessarily turned on by apps. But I it am. doesn't turn me off. It do, I don't go, I'm not playing that game because it's app driven. Yeah. But I do know a lot of people like Ryan who's like, ooh, it's got an app. Yeah, Sweet. I like apps or, too. Fuck that. It's got an app. It's not I a board agree. There's game, a lot of fuck right? that. It's got an app, people. <laughs> Ryan's sitting at the table like he's a rock star. <laughs> like his microphone stand is tipped wow. over. He's like, oh. Like, yeah. Take a picture of this. I'm getting turned on <laughs> right now. All right, Mr. Measles. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. Why don't you open that pop can again? We'll do that again. <laughs> <laughs> is that All right. pretty Mr. Accurate? Measles gave me a few. Um, turn on dual layer player boards or double layer player boards. Yes. Oh, Measles, yeah. yes. If you could have a dual layer player board, you should do it. Fuck you should yeah. make I think so. If think your so. game can have a dual layer player board, it. you should. You it should probably one. should. Yeah, I agreed. Mm-hmm. You could probably charge an extra $5 for that. Yes, turn off. Yeah, for agreed. game. <laughs> you could. Good. Turn offs, he said, would be the opposite. Like Single layer player boards. Mar- yeah, sing- <laughs> that's what he said. The Flimsy boards like the board. terraforming Mars board. Like, yes. single Single layer doesn't bother me if it's not something that needs to be functioning well. Agreed. But when you're terraforming Mars and that you have like Table Bible bump. paper to put that Bible stuff on and it just yeah. like slides it, really like, my God, that's it ridiculous. Is. Another turn yeah. off, he said, um, because his wife is colorblind, <laughs> would be like anything that's not getting like colorblind friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that is like I feel like such an easy fucking yeah. thing to do. Yeah, that still somehow people are getting colors. wrong. Yeah, like take we're gonna one have... color and make sure all the other colors are not in the right. category or, or of that. We're gonna, have, we're gonna have red, pink, and magenta. Yeah. So yeah, he, he mentioned like washed out Dark colors, brown, regular brown, and light brown. Yeah, washed out <laughs> colors. Yeah, like what was that game we just played? Uh, Tabanusi with the yeah. brown yeah. And yellow, but yeah. Um, yeah, washed out colors. He said it just kind of ruins her experience of the game. Especially, or if you're doing something like the game we just played, and you're you're colorblind, you have symbols, right? Yeah. So instead Absolutely. of like, here's this, you know, here's the pink color. Here is here is right. Here's the flower, right? Or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Right? Here's the deal. Um, nuclear night. When uh, he's like, turn off when you know you're gonna lose with two turns left. Oh yeah, that's, <laughs> that's gonna come up later. But when you know suck. you're gonna lose in the middle of a game, that's not fun. There's yeah, nothing worse than that. that I yeah. think that's the, that's because because you're like. Well, I don't want to be a dick and just not play. But, you're like, it's but not how really I can't, that I'm not going to have fun. To yeah. I just have to sit here and watch everyone else have fun. Yes. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Miss um, Shania, board gamer, who, oh, yeah. over, oh, right. who just yep. joined, Michigan, right. who broke out of her shell. She finally joined the Discord. No, yeah. her name Shelly. Broke out of her shell, Lee. Okay. <laughs> and joined the Discord. <laughs> bo, bo, you know, that can be tough to kind yep. of break through. Fellow yeah. Michiganderian. Like, you can listen to Ryan's adjacent episode about anxiety and even just a little thing like joining our Discord, talking to like minded people can go a long way so true on it very good um turn on's multi-use cards oh boy that gets me going that's a good one. i love that's a really cards. good one multi-use cards is and, fantastic and sh- me and shelly are on the same wavelength dice as workers i love that yeah. always yeah. my attention yeah. it's always well see that's another reason why we thought we were going to love roll camera because it's a yeah. dice placement yeah. it's like a dice worker placement yep. game it sucks though it sucks it sucks just so you know it's it's if you didn't know it's like just rewind no, it it's bad. <laughs> turn off for shelly uh randomness rpgs and dungeon crawlers 
Okay. Which I know yeah, you really like Dungeon Crawl. But she's not alone there. She's yeah. not alone there. Yeah. Yeah, because that would be, that goes into the randomness. Flip it over, you have yeah. no idea. Yeah, absolutely. Jim Gamer, turn on a sense of adventure, which I thought was okay, kind of cool. Yeah. Something new and a passionate designer. So we talked about like, Those are really as good. he yeah. plays game. I know. Look, Something new of course, is yeah, very Jim, I know. Thanks, Jim. You make everybody look stupid. Damn it. But you can tell sometimes when a design is like a work of love, right? Yeah. That's kind of a, that's a good, yeah. A good answer. Turn offs, bad art, lazy rule books. Agreed. A oh, bad yeah. rule book. I think bad rule books big is it's a pet that's peeve. the first that's impression a of a game peeve. is right. when you open that rule book and you're right. like, oh. spell the fucking words right at least. At yeah. least spell the fucking words right. If you're gonna yeah, like, suck at layout, I I you I mean it's that's a, uh, that feels right. like more like an art form, like to have a really nice yeah, rule book. Design, but, but if you're gonna just like spell the shit right, man, <laughs> proofread. Tabletop vibes. Adam over there, component freak. He's a component freak. Just wants nice yeah, components. Component, and I get nice components that. are awesome. Yep. CP Wilson, a turn off, a nice custom insert that doesn't fit sleeved cards. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of yeah, that's sleeves, a good one. I thought about that. But oh, that, that happens good a lot. Point, yeah, that's a good one. That will sometimes make the insert just useless. It doesn't happen as much as it used to. Right. I feel like a long time ago, like maybe not maybe not quite, but a decade ago, that was a thing where like these insert companies yeah. were coming out making inserts and people were like, do they fit sleeve cards? And they were like, oh no, we made them specifically to the card size. Yeah. yeah. But now that doesn't happen as much as it used to. But that people did sleeve cards more, too. I think, now than they did twenty years ago. And yeah, or at least yes. half the people do. So it's like you need to accommodate everybody. Yeah, and it's really it's a it's a couple millimeters here and there. Right. Yeah. It's not like that much so, extra space. And then if it's it's not like it's crazy if you don't sleeve them that they're sliding and falling apart, right? It's so, yeah. And he obviously said his turn on is it fits sleeves. So, <laughs> just, just the opposite. The opposite. Um, better half reviews gave me a couple more. Uh, pictures instead of art is a turn off. So, oh, I for see. example, like oh. Arc Nova has pictures of animals instead of yeah. artwork. But okay. I actually think Arc Nova, the art works very well in that game. I love it. But I see sometimes yeah. it could be weird. I, I know people don't like that yeah. as much because okay. it's like, I don't know, it can be a little lazier, I guess. But in a game like pictures, it works great. Right. Yeah, it has yeah. to be. Well, you know, even Arc Nova is pictures, right? For the most part. Yeah, the I animals are so. photographs of the animals. But but there's like, you know, on the back of it, it has like symbols and stuff like that. The symbols yeah. are not pictures. Well, I feel like it depends. Like Arc Nova, it's about a zoo. So she's like, just that saying she'd sense. rather have them be yeah. drawn yeah. by somebody. Yeah. 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 Which I understand. Uh, Allison also mentions bad rule books. So we're all on. on Can I throw one in? Yeah. I thought of one. Mm -hmm. If we're going this way, I wasn't sure how this was going to go. I was like, is this going to be like goofy, silly, like sexual? Or is it going to be like, this is what no, I love. Are, yeah. Okay. So, so if I'm going to. So now that I know the tone, <laughs> I, I'm going to say that Boners. dynamic <laughs> player boards yes. are my number one turn on in a game. When yeah, I see a game that has dynamic player boards. If Fuck. I would make a list of things, yes. that would be the top of your Yeah, that would, list. right. If we had a top five of this, if this yeah. was our top five, that'd probably be my number one. Yeah. Yeah. Natalie would say, I would say deduction for Natalie. Yeah, she fucking loves As well deduction. as trick-taking games. Those what about you? Like her, yeah. Cool. I also would say, say really, Ooh. like, unique, cool components. Jeff, I yeah. think, would say individual player boards. Yep. That's like one of his favorite things. Just talk about him like he's not here. Yep. And probably low randomness, high strategic elements yeah. for you. Yeah, and I like that's kind of general. And if if it's gonna be random, I like dice worker placement. I like knowing the randomness necessarily before I'm playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't like randomness during the game, but if I have to roll a die and then make a decision based on that number. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, I'm gonna fight this thing. Oh, I didn't I, I lost. Yeah. Like in that yeah. moment that, that yeah. bothers me. Um I would say one of my turnoffs is like bad combat in games or lazy combat. It's it's right. very old to just roll a die roll and defeat die. someone. I like throwing in some creativity. Yeah, like, like Kemet. Yeah, like Kemet. I think 
maybe Jim hit it hit it on the 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 head, but like creativity. Yeah, the creativity of of putting something you love into it instead of just being all right. This is how combat goes in other games. Do something. Yeah. Do something different. Yeah, yeah make yeah. it unique. Um, homemade soda. Um, also a Michigan person. Turn off any party game. It doesn't really like party games. Huh. Turn oh. on multi-use cards. So again, man. Yep. Second one for multi-use cards. Multi-use cards is great. I love multi-use cards. That is great. Just the decision of like, not only what card, but how do I play Legrand- that Legrand- yes. I can so, think yeah, is like that's one of the really best examples yes. of my multi-use Cry- card. Um, Cryo is a new one. Bruges too. Um, yeah, Bruges. Cryo mm-hmm. has is, is a newer game that has multi-use cards that I liked. Cool. Date Night Dice. Who again? We had so much fun with. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did awesome. we talk about that enough? We we just kind of. Do you want to do you want to like hit on a little more? Or should we? You want to say yeah, that so for? Yeah. So we had. Um, I, I I didn't. Uh, Ryan <laughs> and Natalie had. Um, we, we... <laughs> they had everyone over their house uh, last weekend for Memorial Weekend. Um, ben and M stayed the night at your house, and so my wife Devin and I were going to come over just with Millie, the 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 baby, the newborn, mm-hmm. and. Um, found out my mother-in-law, Devin's mom, got COVID, Ugh. and we brought Jack with us. And I was like, all right, well, that kind of takes away from our adult time hanging out. I'm happier you brought but him. But it was, it was I'm, ha- awesome. I'm so, so much happier him. that you brought him. And He seemed like he was having the time of his life. It was like the best day of it. He all was having so much fun. All the older kids were like, all over him. Yeah. Like he some... got to boss him around. Everybody did what they wanted. <laughs> yeah. You know, he got to be like, we're going to the right. beach. Okay, we're going to the beach. Well, it's well, cool because like they're all old enough that you feel comfortable. I mean, we're all here at home. You know, it's not like you're leaving him alone, but like you feel they're all old enough that like you can let him just be with them and they'll take care of him and let you know if he needs anything. Exactly. And he was happy to be with them too. He wasn't like clinging to you guys. And it was just all a of the kids. Time. They are so good together. Yeah. Those. Seven of them now. I'm not gonna count Millie because yeah, of she's, uh, so she's just a little baby. She's baby. <laughs> she sucks. Yeah. She's the worst behaved one of all of them. Yeah, right. right. No, but all seven of them played together as if they were all best friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And family members almost. Like they are so good together. And I was happy to see that Jack just fit right in. Yeah. yeah. It was you know, because cool. he's really young. You know, he's only two. And so the youngest of any of them is Calvin and Scarlett are both five. Well, Calvin just turned six, but, mm-hmm. um, but you know, they're the youngest. And then three years younger than that is Jack, which is a considerable yeah. difference when you're that yeah. young. Yes. You know, but they, they were, like, all, on him. yeah, they like, were, lo- and he was and like he loving that. it. That was, he, he seemed he like he was like, attention. let's, run around and play right. you know cameron's like jack come this way and he's just like okay fuck yeah okay. here i go let's yep. go yeah you know and it was just a blast it yeah. was it and then was we went to really the zoo fun. i know like we got to the zoo pretty much the same time we just went in the members entrance and was there like an hour and a half before you guys but the zoo was still really fun yeah, and it was line. just it was a really great weekend it it was it it's made me happy like i out. left like really happy hanging yeah. out with everybody it was well, just, a not it was just the kids cool. getting along we all six of us get along really well and at this point we've hung out enough where it just feels like we're all old friends, and it's just really well. And I was uh, I was initially fun, no what we do. bummed on Saturday initially because it I was kind of for some reason I expected kids play grown ups go downstairs and play games all day, mm-hmm. and I was initially like oh man that's not happening, but then I kind of quickly realized I was like man the fun I'm having just hanging out with everybody just hanging out yeah you know being it's with the kids and we were just fun. every all of the the kids and the adults we were just all just like together in the backyard yeah. running around and we'll do going an to adult the beach game doing at some point soon. But yeah, I was, was really excited to just hang out with everybody and just. And, but then at night we did get to play some games, so we played the mind with them. Mm-hmm. I, they hadn't played the mind before. We yeah, that's th- cool. they had played I, the game. They really liked the game, so we wanted to try the mind. Yeah, I was like, I was like, if you like the game, you're probably gonna like the mind. But I, then I told them I was like, you know, Natalie and I really only had a good experience with the mind with Jeff and Dave. 
Yeah. Yeah. We've had been the decent best. experience. Quite the same. This yeah. play with them was great. Yeah. They were great. We did terribly. Okay. <laughs> we made it to level yeah, five. We did In a four-player game, you're playing to level still, eight, I that, think. That's about where everybody, I feel and like, I've played like, with not the four of us. But we yeah. were having such a good, good. time. They, lo- I could tell that they were having a great time with the game. Um, I'm excited to hear, like, to the point, they had so much fun with it, I think, that I'm excited to hear what they have to say in their yeah. next yeah, episode about it. You know what I mean? And then we also played a little Tumbling Dice. Yep. Um, for you I know, t- just a little bit. Yeah, Jeff played some tumbling dice, and so the games we did play were great. Yeah, it was fun to it play was games. Funny, we so like you know, there's six kids upstairs all with their sleeping bags in the living room, like about to pass chilling. out, yeah. <laughs> and we're down here playing the mine. And at one point, Scarlet comes down and whispers in Ryan's ear, "Can you guys be?" She's quiet? like, "Can you guys like quiet down a little bit?" <laughs> we were like, being yeah, too like, loud. Yeah, the adults are being too loud for the kids. The five year old comes down and she's like, "Hey, shut the fuck up!" It's like nine p.m. Trying to go to bed. It was really funny. Okay, so I'm sorry. Continue. Right, so but that was really about Emily's turn ons. Yes. Oh. <laughs> okay. Date night dice. We'll Emily. be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Emily likes theme at the turn on. That's something that if I were to pick Emily's turn ons about games, I would say Emily. Can I guess likes her theme? I want to say her turn on is art. Also. Yeah, I would say she didn't say that, but 100. Yeah. percent From yep. what she said about a lot yep. of games. So she said a fun theme can make it even better. For example, Arnak being an explorer is better than running a clinic. <laughs> she hates the game she clinic. Does, so that's okay, that. that's her turnoff is clinic. Yeah. Yeah. Man, does she hate turnoff? She said, uh, "If doing my taxes looks more fun than the game, she also says some really giant games can be too intimidating." Okay. Which I get. So if like maybe big table hog, lots of rules, big teach. That she can sees be that and she's like, "That's a as turn a turnoff." Yeah. Yep. And I know that for a fact, there's been a few games that Ben has taught, and midway through the teach, she's like, "Pack nah, that shit off." Not and happening. Nah. This bow, I think, yeah. is one not of those. Um, there was, I think it was Gaia Project too, where it's mm. like halfway through, oh. you're like, "Yeah, I'm not." Damn it, she can handle that. She plays yeah. Emily. You're listening to this. You can handle Gaia Project now. Yeah. You are a Terra Mystica uh, veteran, so you can now step up a little yep. bit. I feel to like social deduction. Gaia too. Project. Turn off. She told me she doesn't like that one time. Yeah, that's. I agree with that. That's it, because that's a so that could be a social. I've been proven thing. wrong a couple of times, but overall, I think that's a turnoff for me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you Other like Night of the Ninja, Ninja, but yeah, that's like the only. Uh, Mick, Dave, Mick upgraded components. Of course, we love that, Dave. Thanks for buying me the AEG big game night thing. I yeah, hell yeah, can't wait for that. Can't wait Rocky for that. Mountain Meeple's turn on. Agreed. This is ooh, this gets me going. Rocky I love Mountain. it. Player aid cards. Thank ooh, you, yeah. Rocky turn Mountain. On. Sorry, Rocky Mountain Meeple's. Yeah, that is that's one for you. A uh, actually yes. no, I think it's more the other way for you. I think if I think if there's not a play rate and there should be, you get really yeah, angry. Yeah, it about should it. just have something. Stop making yeah. me check the rule. So it's maybe more of a Don't turn get me going. off. Turn off for it. Rocky Mountain Meeples. Turn off cardstock that is too thin. Yes, because they warp, um, man. This account references the Magnificent, which I agree. The, the yeah, player that's, board that's, that's, that's lame. Yeah. Um, turn ons uh, buildable insert like Luna Capital. Sort of you build sort of the tower the penis, and then it fits the penis in. You tower. The penis and you get in there. Yeah. Um, emotional cyborg. I tend to avoid overhyped games. So a game that gets overhyped is a turn off. Hmm. I understand that a little bit. Janelle also says art and theme are huge for first impressions. Mm. Goes both ways for turn on and turn off. Okay. And uh, homemade soda has a couple more. The art, which is he knows is subjective, but still the ways that he likes it. Like if he likes a, the artwork, it's going to be a turn on for him. him. Yeah. 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 Also yeah. says um, table presence that is a big one. Take that games, which I know is a huge thing for you guys. Take that games yep. that are a turn oh, off yeah, for sure. as well. Yep. Um, Peter on over on Facebook, which is I'm trying to get Facebook going again. So if you feel like jumping awesome. on Facebook, we're creeping toward a hundred people on Facebook. As are soon we? as we get a hundred, I'll I'll do a giveaway. So oh, I'll sponsor cool. that. Oh, okay. Um, awesome. Again, I'm trying, Thank but I also need, you're doing that. I'm just not on. I Facebook. need people know, on the Facebook page to start conversations. I can't be the only one to post something yeah. and then everybody responds. Yes. Yeah. Post something. Get involved. Right. Um, Get involved. So do that or it'll die again. 
uh, <laughs> and it'll be your fault. It'll be your fault. So Peter loves uh, great inserts, of course, and it turn off his bad inserts. Um, <laughs> and um, Cathal, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say Cathal is your name, Cathal, okay. okay. C A T H A L on our oh, Facebook page. Cathal of Cthulhu. Cathal. Okay. So Cathal says, turn on nice box cover, uh, example of Sleeping Gods. Ooh, yeah. That, okay, that's, that's a, a nice one. I agree with that. Yes. That is because that's more of a visceral thing. That's a turn on. You yeah, see that and you're like, oh, yeah. I have to yeah. touch that you're game. Like, I have yeah, to pick like, it up. Oh, man, yep. that's cool. Um, Cathal's turn off are bad coins, which I my turn on would be would be metal, metal coins. Yeah. That's oh, that's another one for you. Me. Paper money but is a Bad coins. No-no. He says Foundations of Rome. I haven't played Foundations of Rome, so I don't know what those coins feel like or, you know, if they're not, if they're maybe He doesn't like doesn't like those. Okay. That that new, that's that new huge game that just in, came out? Um, Foundations that's called, of Rome? Is that it? Do they have shitty coins? I don't know. Is or that maybe that? in parentheses, um, maybe in parentheses, Foundations of Rome have good ones. I don't know. We should oh, look okay. that up. Let's see. Yeah, look it up. Um, Nestor on the Discord, turn ons, he likes chunky plastic bits. Yeah. Okay. Chunky plastic yeah. bits. Yeah, I like and that he, he references Villainous as being like that, you know, your, your player piece of that plastic. Oh, nice. okay. So does Foundations of Rome, are you looking that up? Does I'm looking it up right now. I'm not, I haven't seen the coins yet, but this is that, this is that gigantic, um, kind of like, uh, yeah, that's a big boy. It's a, it's kind of like a polyamino game, eh? Yeah, because all the buildings are different a? shapes. You're yeah, building a polyamino shapes. It's the same guy that a- made uh, the century, sent the century games. Emerson. Oh, uh, is it really Matsuchi? Yeah, Matsuchi, and and he does he does a good job of taking kind of simple concepts to. Um, I, don't, I still don't see the coins. So anyway, he, he references Foundations of Rome as being having bad coins, or maybe they're the best coins. And okay. Anyway, so what, no I, what I just do? I just did Nestor. I just did Nestor. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Do him. Who else do I want to do? Do him. Uh, Mick Meeples. I I got a couple. I'll left. do them. Turn ons. Production oh quality. Metal coins, and he says games that get you lost. So I asked That's him, like, you need on. to clarify Like lost that. in the sauce. But he says games that are like complicated. And then he talks about finding that like the, the red string of actions the that aha. leads you to the best thing. The aha moments in mm. games he really, really likes. So you're maybe lost at first and then you figure it out. And like oh, that's a cool okay. feeling. I thought he meant right? like you get lot. You're like so into it. You're just like not aware of anything going on. And, and that like might be what that's what and games that get you lost means. Yeah. But. In, in terms of like you're we in the game so much that you like what he things. says. Remember, remember time. he used to be don't play an eight. Yeah, wasn't don't that that account? We totally and I was like, oh, I'll bet it. that means he only wants to play games that are higher rated than an eight. And then he like sent it to Jeff. He's like, listen to the episode. He's like, that's not what it that's is, right. but, that's but pretty like good. It. Yeah, yeah, I like <laughs> that, that better. Been that. So I think yeah, maybe it's like lost in the gameplay, and then not in a way of like I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but you get like engulfed in it, and you find this path to sort of like figure it all out. Yeah, that's a cool feeling. Turn offs, attacky games, terrible components, and games you realize you can't win halfway through. Yeah, another. Uh, that's a really good that one. That is a good one. Yes, that's a bummer. Um, that does suck. So Eason over on the Discord sent me uh, a few as well. Okay, and uh, turn ons are when people are having fun around him that are also playing the game. Oh yeah, he's for the board sure. game guy. Loves bringing games to the table, and when people are having fun, that's a big like, turn on. Yeah. What's better than that? Yeah, yep. it feels great. Number two, easy to learn, hard to master games. That's perfect. Um, oh, I have another. Everybody one. looks for that oh, game, Ooh, right? Yeah. The easy to the easy to teach, easy to play, but boy, this game is tough. It's the unicorn, <laughs> perfect. I, here, I have another one real quick yep. before you go on. Um, I love my one of my favorite things. So I guess I would call this a turn on. Is after I and I, I talked about this in my how to teach games uh, adjacent episode. But after I teach a game and nobody has any questions and everyone's like, "Yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's do it." That's like, like, oh, oh that's like, I might as well just <laughs> yep. change my underwear because change that the shit is, that's like the best. Yeah. No, I didn't pee in it. <laughs> I don't pee. I, got I only pee in toilets. I, I only pee in toilets <laughs> and iced tea on, bottles. And on Arnold Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, Eason has one more turn on of when when someone explains a game and he doesn't get it at first and then it clicks. And that might be the mm. sort of part of the getting yeah. lost and his yeah. brain just opens up to all these possibilities. Oh, shit. Yeah, I this think is, is what, what you do. The, yeah. the moment I, I, I think about right now is when we played Paint the Roses and we were playing and playing and playing and they were like, oh, but it could be this. And it was like, or you yeah. could look at it this like way. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, my God. No, that was that's cool. great. Because he didn't take this one in the bottom part, that, that means more yep. information. Yep, that's yeah. cool. Eason's turnoffs, um, when he's like teaching a game and they're not paying attention and then they ask a bunch of questions and you're like, Good bro, one. if you'd have just paid attention the yep. entire time, you yep. wouldn't have to. But you sound like you a know. fucking asshole if you say that shit. So yeah. I, I, ugh, that's a big turn Exactly. Off. Ugly Components also said, um, honorable mention, who is a non? So this person who plays games is a non. Okay. Um, it's a turn off if if this person just doesn't get the game. Like I don't get what's going on, mm-hmm. and I get that. I like that for sure. It's a good way of of saying it. And then we'll end with our our swoozily. Swoozily. Oh yeah. Um, all right, I got two more. Sorry, Eric at Dog Powered Vehicle um, talks about sort of um, really stereo- stereotypical themes and points in games sometimes, um, like the idea of like like karma as a resource that kind of stuff bothers him a little bit oh um so that like that's, rahas of the ganges <laughs> yeah sure it's like stuff like that where it's like is that a like you use karma as it's a, re- like you know, a it's something thing. like it's not a tangible so i get i get kind of that interesting that sort of thing he doesn't like generic D fantasy stuff but i know a lot of people that is a huge turn on um and then he also mm-hmm. mentioned being co- like the colorblind being not um a friendly Right, oh, yeah. not friendly. So that's that's a big thing. That remind yep. me, like I feel like in general, like monsters are not really a. You don't like monsters. Good yeah. point. But you some know, people like are Cthulhu like cool monster stuff. fighting games. You know, right? Cthulhu like, turns eh. me off a little bit. That mm-hmm. theme, yeah. Yeah. So uh, last for Swoozle, I know this is going a little long, but I think it's it's, it's all good. kind of fun. So Swoozle, um, turn ons premium components like metal coins, a good insert, unique mechanisms and themes, which yes. I agree with. Something Very that stands good. out. You know, you see the wheel on Zolkin, you're like, I want to. Touch that game and play it. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. What? (laughs) Gadgety features he likes, like like magnets interlocking gears. Yeah, that's a really good one. Anytime there was this game that didn't come out, Jeff. Do you remember at Gen Con a couple years ago? You like it was like that game CTRL Control where you put in those things. Remember, it was like, oh, it was like you're actually building this 3D thing with pegs, and it was like a spaceship. And remember, it wasn't there. It was like it didn't end up being a junk. It never it. came yeah, it out. Seems cool. And it was supposed to be there. I was like so into that because of that cool gadgety thing. Yeah. Or that game we played in that tent with the lights. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that, that game? Yeah. Talking about I remember We've... that. Yeah. What was that? What was it, it was called? Like, it was like a very... we like... Galaxy. Was it just Gal- called like yeah, Galaxy like or something like that? Yeah. yeah. It was that. Was that was a cool concept? Yeah. And it might be gimmicky, but also it's still draws cool and it's still fun yeah. and cool. Uh, a friendly, open-minded players. Comfortable, mm. relaxing gaming environment Very or area. Good. Positive interactions at the game table. Mm-hmm. And a really good brain burn are Swoozle's turn-ons. Some turn-offs, colorblind, um, unfriendly. Colorblind, yeah, unfriendly yeah. game. Yep. Um, weird box <laughs> sizes. Colorblind is a funny colorblind's a turn-off. Weird box sizes of like, you know, is it going to fit on the shelf? Yeah. This is a strange Odd box Good shape. one. That's another really um, good one. Smelly gamers. Cliche, but still a thing. True. <laughs> Greasy <laughs> fingers. Take that element. Cheaters, flimsy components, which we all talk He's about. He's saying all of them. I know. These are all perfect. That's, That's why I saved his for the last because yeah. he covers a lot of these yeah. things. Fucking guy. People God. giving me way too many compliments on my amazing answers. looks and razor sharp mind. Ooh. He doesn't want to be complimented. <laughs> I know. He doesn't want to be complimented. God damn it. He wants 
You'd just play if the he game lived here, he'd be on the show with us. Oh my god! I think he would be yeah. a host if he was here. He's like the yeah. Austrian. I'm Ryan saying that James. like I don't have the power like to I do it. Said. I'm like I think he would. <laughs> I think he would. I think Please. it would just happen. I think Please. it would just he would just be. I in the think I got them all. I'll scroll through my phone to see if I missed anybody. But all right, what about what about us? What about yours? You got some, Jeff? I yeah, mean, you have metal coins, player boards. I love a player board. I love I love metal coins and good components, and I like. You know, we always talk about our finger pads. I like being yep. able to handle and touch things. Tactile. Someone said unique mechanisms are something that I felt like we've even talked about and maybe that could end up as a top five of something where you're like, wow, that is a cool idea yeah, for a worker that. placement game or for yeah. a engine building game. This, you know, adds this element of like, here's this this bidding thing, but this is cool and how you do this. So something that unique stands out because there's so many games all the time, but I like I, radical I ideas. Games. And an example of a radical idea I'm going to give you is a game that came out by Friedman Fries back in 2015 called 504. Oh, yeah. There's Do you remember like that? There's million games in that There's thing? 504 yeah. different games, <laughs> right? It's that one sense. game that has 504 different ways to make a new game. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe it didn't really do very well. Yeah. But, but I loved that idea. I, I think that we need more of that kind of stuff to push board gaming forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the market's pretty flooded right now. Yeah. As it has been more so than ever. And so those kinds of things, I think, are going to stand out in the world of games. That's hard yeah. to do that. And on the on the opposite side of the coin, I guess, is like, if you're going to, something that, turn, that, that turns me on, if you're mm-hmm. going to do like, a game that's that doesn't have maybe that unique stuff do it well yeah where i look at like merchants of the dark road there's a lot of stuff there that i feel like wasn't done to the best of its ability sure make a game fucking solid yes like when i play it everything is smooth i don't have to mm-hmm. pick up the rule book everything yeah. makes sense that's true it doesn't have to be new Good, you know it's just like everything just flows and you're like wow that was a that was the game it's kind of like clank so yeah. deck building had been almost over and done with as a fad mechanic by the mm-hmm. time clank came out kind of reviving it didn't do anything different it was like we're gonna come up here's a here's a, a standard deck builder because there was a lot of deck builders that tacked it on like you think again like mage knight the board game mm-hmm. or just mage knight board game where it's yeah. like <laughs> deck building is kind of a tacked on element to the game Clank came along and did this. It's almost like, we're like here we go. We you know you saw Dominion back in 2009. Here yeah. we are in 2014, and Here's now we board. got another one. Yeah, it's just a board with a. There's a board now. Yeah, so let's play. Well, the deck trains had that, but something. Yeah, but Clank, Clank did. God, I hate trains. Yes, yeah, but Clank is a perfect example of what yeah. you're talking about. Where it doesn't have to be brand new. It just do it really, do well, it really well. You know, Ooh, so that was a that was a good uh, Instagram it inbox. Was. My mouth Thanks. didn't plug in as much, but. No, that's I was good. talking too much, but so anyway, that was really cool. Why don't you step dum, inside? Dum, Come on, it's dum, warm in there. Dum, you think you found dum, some grass, dum, but nope, it's pubic dum, hair. You wonder why dum, there's dum, so dum, much dum, underwear. You stepped inside of Natalie's nook. Hey guys. Hey. Today hey. on Natalie's nook. Okay. I wanted to ask you some questions, <laughs> please, about Kickstarter. Us guys or the audience? You guys. Let's oh. wait for the audience. If we try to answer. ask the yeah. audience, they're probably not going to yeah. Email us. We'll report yeah. back next <laughs> Um So Kickstarter is not something that I'm, I mean, I'm familiar with the concept, but I've never actually used it. I, you know, you guys talk about it all the time. That would be a turn on for Ryan if you just backed a game. I know. That's Holy what you need shit. to do. Well, maybe after you answer back these questions, okay. I'll have yep. And then the, you don't, and I just find out. Like, like you just like, like here's hey, the by the way, I, I backed Jeff. This. Uh, here's the problem. We'll be right back. He doesn't tell me what he backs, so we'll probably just back it twice. That's actually no, not true. I do tell you what here's I back. What I'll do. Just don't here's care. what I'll do. You think about it. I will follow Ryan on Kickstarter because okay. then I'll see what he backs. I won't tell I won't tell her what all you back. Okay. okay. We'll keep that secret. Gosh, but I, I will tell that. you, you can send me a message and say, Hey, is Ryan backing this game? And then I will say, No. 
It'd be funny if Jeff's oh, yes. like, just like, dude, that game looks terrible. Don't do it. Right. I'm like, okay. And then Ryan turns out, in yeah. the and then he goes to Natalie. Yeah. No, no, because we'll go to you and he'd be like, Natalie, back to game. He wants it. Yeah. Um. So basically, I don't know. I thought that maybe there would be. We have enough listeners now that there probably is some other people out there like me who aren't as big into Kickstarter and getting games on Kickstarter as you guys, and maybe like want to learn some things to like get you know jump into it or whatever but before we do that i found this poem and i thought it was kind of funny because it's like kind of the opposite of us it's called jomo joy of missing out oh okay all right is this about joe madigan that's joe Joe (laughs) so like we all have more i'd say we tend to be more of the on the fomo side Uh, yep and maybe this will help us like balance that out if okay. you think about it this right. way but okay. i just thought it was like a cute little poem okay then maybe you can um it says oh the joy of missing out when the world begins to shout and rush towards Let that shining thing the latest bit of mental bling trying Ooh. to have it see it do it you simply know you won't go through it the anxious <laughs> clamoring and need the restless hungry thing to feed instead you feel the loveliness the pleasure of your emptiness you spurn the treasure on the shelf in favor of your peaceful self without regret without a doubt oh the joy of missing out damn Wow. You who who did that? That, did that you could have never be person? me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, I don't know. I found it. it. Okay. Just picked it up on the ground one day. It was on a sidewalk. <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> Somebody I was just talk. like researching <laughs> some stuff and I found yeah. it. Um, so anyways. Written in the sky in from a plane. Okay. You don't Joy have to out. have everything. Uh, well, but you Ryan can. James, this is a message to you. No. Oh. Um, okay. So Kickstarter, obviously, I'm not going to, I mean, everyone knows what Kickstarter is. It's like a crowd crowdfunding site that a ton of board games, uh, designers use right yeah. to publish their yeah. Yeah, board designers, games yeah. to raise money to get their board games created and, and sent out right yes but my question is my first question how do you hear about these kickstarters that are out or coming out it's a good question sure you want us to answer? So you want us to answer? Yeah. You're going to ask us like one offs and we'll answer them yeah. one at a time. If you know the answer, email the gamecasters yeah. gmail.com. Next there question. Are are there are a million different threads on Board Game Geek that talk specifically about Kickstarter games coming out. There are a million different podcasts that do specific news segments that talk about Kickstarter games coming out. There are a million different people who work with publishers that Jeff is going to talk about probably in a minute here that, you know, they get games that are coming to Kickstarter to preview that Jeff then will talk about on the podcast or on Instagram. And so there's a ton ton of marketing for these Kickstarter campaigns that are done that you can just almost it's, you almost can't not hear about them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now there's so many that are flooding the market like we talked about a minute ago that is you still they're not going to get them all. Mm-hmm. But most of the really popular ones you're going to hear about just passively. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nowadays. It didn't okay. used to be that way. Yeah. You know, but that's kind of how it is now. If you want to say yeah, anything there's, else to there's that, some that'll slip through the cracks. I think we did we talk about was it on the episode or right before? For right some before. reason like we missed like how do you oh, miss? Right. Yeah, one like, of the I missed ones, Destiny right? how did you miss somehow. The, like what? But, the? but yeah, there's there also BGG has added. Um, they have the hotness, and also underneath the hotness on their homepage, they have something called crowdfunding countdown. About to which end. will do. Yeah, they're like okay. coming to an end or close to an end, and that'll cover both Game Found, which is the newer kind of Kickstarter, oh, right. as well as Kickstarter. And I think there's some sort of graph about how much money kickstarter gets from specifically board games board games is like you the can biggest also, like there's like books there's novels you can back up there is like there's like toys and i i honestly i think and i might be very wrong the 
the the water balloons that you would fill up from the faucet and a oh, yeah. hundred of them like fill up on one. Yeah. I honestly think that might have. I think that was a Kickstarter. Really? Yeah, that's awesome. And that now they're like everywhere. That's all right? anybody yeah. them off. there's a whole bunch of crap that you can buy on. You can lose all your money on Kickstarter even if you don't like board games. Right. So. Uh, and like Ryan said there, you have to market these things. So if you look at, if you follow a bunch of people on Instagram or you go on board game geek, or you listen to a podcast, they have to get their name out there. If they're not, um, lucky duck or awaken realms or these big companies, which you're going to find out about those. They're everywhere. They can blink and you'll, and they fund in in five seconds. Right. But if you're not, and you're looking for maybe that like diamond in the rough, sort of like a planet unknown, Mm -hmm. um, they have to do a really good job of of marketing, whether it's through TTS. Come play this game on TTS and then report back on it. Yeah. And so, yes, the way that I find out about it is I go on BoardGameGeek. I um, I go on Kickstarter and sometimes there's like, hey, if you like this game, you here's this like other these. ones that are oh, kind okay. of there. I found well. a lot of games that way as well. Yeah. So you go on, you say, all right, I'm going to back Planet Unknown. And then it gives you a list. Mm-hmm. I also, the more you go on Kickstarter, the more emails you'll get from Kickstarter oh. that kind of says, here's some other projects like that are doing well shoes. that are similar. Okay. You might like these. And but yeah, if you start by just like going on Board Game Geek, looking at the crowdfunding um the timer, the countdown, and mm-hmm. finding something there. If you reach out to um random people on Instagram who seem to have some of these ones, I've had people ask me, like, hey, is this game worth backing? And I'll say yes or no, depending on what the game was. Cause I, I I'll post some preview copies of some some games on there. Okay. But it's yeah there's ways to figure it out podcast is another yeah. good way cool. yeah he's right about the emails too like when you start backing stuff on kickstarter you get you know entered into their email system and then once that publisher specific part releases a new game on kickstarter they'll ping you yep oh, oh cool. queen you know? games has yeah queen one. games oh. release a new kickstarter yeah, or Adam's you know apple has yep, another one yep. so i found yeah. a lot of games that way too mm-hmm. awesome okay then how do you decide if it's a game you want to back um like what makes you like go for it or decide like nah that's not Ooh, okay yeah i have a lot of thoughts on this okay. one Do, i mean we'll let me go first that. i yeah, have go ahead. a lot sure i look at a couple videos so it, a good kickstarter page will start like they're all laid out very similar so when you go on kickstarter they're laid out very similar here's this big title with the stuff on it here's a couple pictures of the game and then as you scroll down you're going to see like the pledge levels and all these pledge levels are there um i look at how much something is yeah i also look at the publisher to say is this a game i could get afterwards yeah. so i look at um are there Kickstarter specific goals that I would want? And then there's a couple, usually if, especially if they're bigger publishers, they'll have videos of like Rado or Rodney Smith or someone talking about the game. And I look at it and go, all right, I've played enough games. Is this something I would like? Okay. Um, and then also there's the FOMO factor of if I don't get it now, will I ever be able to get it? Mm-hmm. Um, and usually if the answer is no, then I, I get it. Yeah. A big reason I asked that is because <laughs> like, if these are totally games agree. like, there's not going to usually be reviews and stuff. This is you're going to have to decide based on the information on the Kickstarter. Well, it depends on what part, the game right? is. A lot of times, yeah. the people will wait to put their game on Kickstarter until they have reviews that they can also put on the Kickstarter. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've been on random Kickstarter pages. So have you, Natalie? We've been on oh, random Kickstarter yeah. pages of like, here's someone. So when you go on and you're like, hey, Man vs. Meeple talked about this. I usually like games like that. Yep. So I Ryan bought Roll Camera, which is terrible. Yep fucking shitty ass game trusted someone to review <laughs> so we talked about that and yet? then as you go down the kickstarter page now you have these like video that'll talk about the gameplay and then there'll be yeah. like a list of reviews whether they're videos or a podcast to listen to or something like that it says okay. here's the reviews yeah, that's if you want to check them out or if these, these are people you trust so i know a lot of people who back everything i back i have about 156 that i've backed but that's over the course of 
I joined in April of 2011. So I've been backing board games yeah, since 10, then. So you're like 10, 10 a year, a little over 10 a year. Okay. So I would, that sounds like a lot probably to some people. I don't, th- I think I'm actually kind of selective. I've been a little bit less selective. Uh, I have, I've had periods of less selectiveness, but for the most part, the, the, what gets me to back a game, it, it has to kind of do a lot because Kickstarter is kind of what, is kind of to board games what, uh, Pro Tools is to musicians. Okay, so for a long time, if you wanted to be a professional musician, you had to be signed by a record label, mm-hmm. and then you'd put out a professional, you know, recording, and right. then you'd get out. But then this program came out called Pro Tools, which is a, a program that anybody can buy and put on their computer, and it basically allows you to create professional level music on your own, on your own from your home. And then you can then put it on YouTube and now you're famous. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so Kickstarter is kind of to board games what I think Pro Tools is to music, where Kickstarter allows me, if I want to, to put my board game on Kickstarter and I can just blow up and everybody can want it and I can get a ton of money and be famous, not a ton of money, but I can be famous that way (laughs) instead of. You know, I have to get my, I have to shop my game around to publishers, and that's the only way to do it. Kickstarter creates this anybody can do it kind of thing. And when you have an anybody can do it kind of platform, you have Sturgeon's Law rearing its ugly head, and most of it is absolute trash. And so when you dress something up, because it's easy to dress something up to make it look not trash. Yeah. I don't bite on most Kickstarters that I see a lot of other people bite on because I'm always shaking my head like, you don't know fucking anything about this. So typically what it takes for me to back a game is a lot of different things happen before. Jeff talked about a lot of these. Price point is actually a really big one. If a game is uh, pretty inexpensive, it's easier to risk. get me. Yeah, the risk is very low. Yeah, like Bandetta, I think I, I backed. It was only like $11 or something yeah. like that. And I didn't know a ton about it other than Rado said it was he liked it a lot. And so I was like, okay, I'll take a chance, right? But mostly what it takes for me is kind of like a, a more established company. So like the Grand Austria Hotel Let's Waltz expansion was on Kickstarter. That's a no-brainer backer for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll do that because I love... I already love Grand Austria Hotel. The company is already very well established, so I know this is going to be a decent quality item that I'm going to want. Yeah. I typically don't back things that are a brand new IP that nobody has heard of. It typically doesn't happen that way, unless there's, like Jeff said, a lot of reviews and stuff that's out there already that I can consume to know if I want that kind of a game or not. Mm-hmm. But so typically for me, it needs to be a pretty well established company that has a very good history of games already. It needs to be a game that usually usually I need it to be very popular on Kickstarter. If I'm going to back it, it needs to have like a shit ton of backers going yeah. into it. So I know that A, it's going to get funded and, you know, B, it's, it's it has a relatively higher chance of being a game that's going to stick around. Because if you back a ton of games, I mean, if I did, I think we did this at one point, I don't remember, but I'm willing to bet that most of the games I backed on Kickstarter, probably not great. The Sturgeon's Law applies that too. Only about 10% of these 156 are probably good enough to keep. So I need to try to minimize that risk as much as possible by doing as much research as I can. And again, right off the top, I'm like, have I heard of this company? No. I usually move on. Yeah. Unless, again, it's getting some insane amount of buzz. And one of of the insane amount of buzz is Planet Unknown. Adam's Apple's game is nothing and maybe will be nothing forever. I have no idea. Sorry, Adam. But (laughs) you hit... You hit a home run with Planet Unknown. People were talking about it. They were playing about it. So they did something right either before the campaign or during the campaign to get everyone's attention that didn't go, oh, it's a queen game. Oh, it's a lookout game. Oh, it's it used to be Stonemaier used to be the 
the, the king of this. Or yeah. 25th Century now is blowing up on Kickstarter. So they, they were a little bit of the anomaly of the... He's right about that. And one of the one of the big reasons, honestly, was word of mouth for that one. Sam and Michaela uh, were playing it on Tabletop Simulator yeah. and were, were constantly talking with Jeff like, like you got to well, play this game. I was like, okay, well, and then Jeff was like, man, they won't stop talking about this game. Like, they're fucking annoying and just me. Just to shut them the fuck <laughs> like, up. Are they going up. to stop talking okay, stop ever? <laughs> Jesus, don't play a fucking eight. No, but so Jeff was like, he told us about it. He's like, Sam and Michaela are loving this. So, yeah. so me and Natalie were like, okay, maybe we'll give it a try. And we did. And we were like, this is awesome. Yeah. Even on TTS, I was like, this is so yeah. good. So yeah, that that's, but you're right. That is more more of an anomaly yeah. for me typically typically mm-hmm. i'm i'm like if it's tried and true yeah. i'll back yeah yeah how much time do you have to back it typically oh uh, it depends it depends i'd you, say 30 days yeah, is typically I was say a month. average usually got a month okay it's like on average sometimes longer yeah sometimes, sometimes there's less. some quick like qu- sometimes queen games which they're already have everything already established they'll be like 15 days yep, boom and like then by weeks. the 30th day they're already shipping the games yeah. out but usually it's like the one month or if you're a mckay in backfire games that was like a 60 day campaign that was like forever. okay yeah maybe that's because he's smaller trying to yeah. get the yeah, following i, I to need get more people. time to but do yeah, it i think average a month is the yep the right what are the benefits of back versus waiting like do they always come to retail all right so here's the fucking thing that people hate about kickstarter this is the thing this might be one of the most hated things about kickstarter and this answers this question very well a lot of people a lot of companies do this they do these things called kickstarter exclusives Mm -hmm. and people hate this so much and i understand it because of that fomo factor it's annoying for these people to back a game or not like i missed out on the kickstarter and so now there's all this extra content that i just don't have access to because i just happened to miss the kickstarter Mm -hmm. that fucking sucks but then there's other people who are like i'm gonna back every kickstarter game i can because i want all the stuff possible blood rage is a good example when blood rage came out on kickstarter there was all these minis and stuff like that that were you could only get from the Kickstarter. And then once the Kickstarter ended and you couldn't get those, the secondary market prices shot mm-hmm. through the roof, yeah. which again, people hated because it's like, I just want all these cool expansions that make the game way cooler, but I can't get them retail. What the fuck is that about? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that I think is a big reason why people will choose to back something because of the exclusives that they get. Yeah. So like if I'm backing a game and it's like, okay, this is going to be probably around the same price. I might even be paying a little extra to get mm-hmm. it, you know, to back it. First of all, I'm backing the company. So that's another reason people might want to choose Kickstarter over getting it retail. It's like, the, the idea of this was supposed to not be a pre-order system for companies like CMON. It was right. supposed to be a, me and Jeff design a board game. We don't have the funds to get it going. Help us, right. crowd. Yeah. Support us and then get it going. But really what people do is they're like, oh man, if I back this... I get these extra cards that no one else is going to have, and it feels cool. Yeah, yeah. For sure. You feel ex- in this exclusive are, club. So, and the Kickstarter lingo is like a lot of them they call it Kickstarter exclusive, and there's like these stretch goals. So, the more money something makes, the more funding they have to put toward metal extra coins stuff. instead of the, yeah. the, the cardboard coins. And there's also the people that are mad on the reverse of like, I I kickstarted this. I was the first one to do this, and now you can just buy this game at retail for the same. And it's like. You know, again, it's not a pre-order system. You help the game get into stores. That's what let, it's supposed let to be. Let people just enjoy the game, right. right? So there's both sides. People are getting pissed because they got a Kickstarter copy, but you can buy the same copy in the store for maybe cheaper. Yeah. Also, people um, get mad when there's a game on Kickstarter. Okay, I'm going to use GameFound here, not Kickstarter, just for this specific project. Castles of Burgundy is on GameFound right now. And some people are upset with the price point that it is because it's kind of overproduced in a couple certain ways. Or look at a game like Found Foundations of Rome. Is that what it's, is that, it's called? Yeah. Foundations of Rome? Where it's produced to the nth degree mm-hmm. but 
now it costs $300 to buy. Yeah. You know, so a lot of people see that and they're kind of like, I wish this would just just have like cardboard standees. Right. I don't need all I the minis. All and then you can money. knock off $50 yeah. for me to buy the game. So yeah. that's another reason people won't back stuff on Kickstarter mm-hmm. because they're just like, oh, I, ugh, I don't want this yeah, super me, deluxe version. Yeah. Just so give me the bare bones. Why do publishers then go through this? Like, isn't the, like you said, the point was... So you didn't have to go through a publisher to create a game like well, why if are you if you could this? if you could take all the risk and put it on somebody else and not take it on yourself yeah. wouldn't you do that it's it's yeah. a it's a loan that you go all right and, and again with with not including Simon and Queen and these and these these big game companies if again Ryan and I make a game we're getting the money to then make the game right so that's why you know so that's why them, I go to Kickstarter because I don't have a publisher to just yeah. give me the money to make it but to them it's like a guarantee like I don't know if this game is gonna be wanted but if I it gets funded then it's clear that people are gonna and then I actually have the have money to, to yeah. make the product but then like once okay so once it gets funded how does it get in stores then because like when it's funded isn't it just only for, well, you have to work with distributors still. You have to work with, yeah, you have to work. A lot of people, they I have know, successfully funded Kickstarters and then it dies because they didn't appropriate the funds accurately. Okay, yeah. I guess my question is like the funds that Kickstarter is getting. That Kickstarter is getting or the or people that, that the are people doing are, the Kickstarter? Who are doing the Kickstarter is getting. Uh-huh. Um, it has to do everything. Is that, that I guess in my head, I always assumed that only paid for like the the game the amount of games that are ordered are ordered yeah, but so, is that not the case well they have to figure out all their costs ahead of time and then figure out how much can we collect from our backers so we can spend all the money they give us to have the entire thing produced so it's not okay. just like you give me $50 and i for $50 you get i make this game for $50 okay. it's like that $50 goes into uh, ordering from the company Panda in China to like create the right. thing, and then I have to spend all this money shipping it back, and yeah. the, I need that. All but that like, money guess, has to be figured yeah, into there, that there price. Is like, more, let's say there's it gets funded, right? And let's say there's like a hundred backers, and it's funded. Now with that money, do they now create five hundred games, and then they give the hundred obviously to the backers, and then the rest they can distribute to stores and that, sell? So that depends on the game the people so most likely that there are so many kickstarters that will die at those 100 games they'll make the 100 games they'll send it out boom what what i think a lot of people's goal sometimes is to then you make a game it's successful and now a publisher is going to look at you and say i want to now produce your game a a lot of buzz and people are wanting it and then they like create more you probably want to do more than just the 100 right you want to try to sell them to flgs's you know you're not everybody's not going to get into target but yeah you have the money you got to guarantee that you can make those 100 games send it to those 100 people a lot of kickstarters die there yeah you send it and it's dead you know nobody likes it doesn't get picked but all of a sudden if it gets good feed you know i'll I'll keep using planet unknown as an example adam's apple games might just be like a kickstarter people who buy it have it but what if um pegasus spiel picks it up and now they're like now we're going to distribute this game worldwide and now everybody can buy so now they're going to they're going to stick their logo on the box as well so that's why some of these boxes you have like a bunch of logos for like different worldwide sort of distribution that's the hope i think of the ryan and jeff fictional game but a bunch of other companies like come on use kickstarter as we talked about a pre-order system but they use it more than that they use it probably to fund their entire company so they they know that they're like okay we're running low on funds let's put out another zombicide expansion and make three million dollars 
dollars. Oh it doesn't God. take. It doesn't that's cost the them three million dollars sure. to produce that and game. That's also why but they'll be like, okay, let's take four hundred thousand, and that's our right. salaries, and then we'll take their. You know, all they yes. need to do is all that people in Kickstarter need to do is make good on the promise to deliver the product to you they're promising. But they can. It's up to them to do whatever yeah. they want with the money that they get. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day, that's true. What are there any risks? Yeah, you might not get anything. I'll tell you about a risk that I'm, I'm dealing with right now is that I have, I'm ordering a game table yeah. from this company that is doing their production in the Ukraine. In the Ukraine, yep. Mm. There is a high possibility that I never get the but table would they producing. refund you? Maybe. They don't have to. So yes, you are, you are on the hook for... The There's a section of pledge. every single, you know, you, you, okay. If you don't know that going in, that's your fault. Okay. Yeah. You should know when you're backing something on Kickstarter that it could fund, which means it, because if it doesn't fund, they don't, you don't, they don't get your money. Pull your fund. You're, yeah, 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 your money doesn't get, your, your credit card or whatever does not get charged until and unless the project funds, mm-hmm. which means, you know, they got the amount of money they were trying to get. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like Jeff said, so I might shit just goes be, wrong or I could just be stealing your money and yeah, they've, that's they've it. like sent some messages they're alive thankfully but like we've gotten updates of like hey we're trying to get this stuff going but we're also like fighting a war and like right. so, so it might be really really delayed mine's not to as bad of degree as yours Jeff but I I backed um, their like component things okay and same that's company. same company yep. oh, okay. in the ukraine and the, it's yeah. the same thing and it's really sad yeah. you know yes. but 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 again that yes that is that's the risk the risk is you pay money and nothing you get nothing in return yeah that's but the you biggest should, risk i don't want to say you should expect that but you need to know that going in before that's you back which is another reason i prefer to back games that are tried and true companies yeah. that have a lot of but you know those are much more likely to fund i have only i think there's only one game out of the 156 i backed is there even any actually that successfully funded that I didn't receive? I don't even know if that's happened to me once. And there is almost did. there. It also says when you like create it, it'll say it'll say come on games, see on games, and then it'll say created fifty projects, backed hundred projects. So you know yeah. that if that right. company's done things on Kickstarter, yeah. if it's like one created and zero fund, you're like eh, maybe, maybe I'll right. Maybe and I if there's been a hundred projects. You know, and they've all them not delivering is going to really hurt their business, so it they're would, not yeah. likely to do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Exactly. They're not going to risk their reputation, right. especially and when they're making $4 million a project. <laughs> right. My last question is, typically, how long does it take for them oh, to deliver? Because this, so this, like this is basically like a, a pre-order, because you pay, mm-hmm. and then you have to wait however long. Yep. But my question, it's a two-part question, how long did it typically take to deliver pre-COVID and post-COVID? Yeah, post COVID is definitely longer. I would yeah. still say it's about a year and a half. Yeah, I would think a year. I was in my head. On I was average. thinking a year. I'm like, just anticipate a year. Yeah, a year, but like minimum. year, year and a half. Like on we've average, talked about usually. Queen Games, Simon Games. These other, they'll they're already making. They're what, already like established they already know. and have the. They already have these games. Distributors. Like, I, I think of a game Copenhagen that I or Copenhagen That's, that we backed. Yeah. I felt like I backed and yeah. I got it by the end. We of got the that month. like a month. They already oh, had those games happen, packed though. in boxes ready to go. Yeah. They knew they were going to fund it. They're going to send it. Very rare. But again, Planet Unknown took a very 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 long time because they were starting from the ground up. Yeah. So I would anticipate. I would plan on a year. If also, you if you've never any backed anything on Kickstarter. Don't ex- never expect the date they oh, say yeah, as the target ship date to happen. Doesn't change because ne- there could be a war. It will in change. Right. Yeah, there could be a war in Ukraine. <laughs> it could be no, a, it, a every almost yeah. every <laughs> single Kickstarter I've ever been a part of has sent me that email. That's like, well, darn, we had a little bit a little of a delay. delay. Yeah. Yeah. Every single Kickstarter. So, like I said, a year and a half is probably an average. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, a lot of times longer. A lot of times not. 
but for the most part, it's going to be about a yeah. year and a half. And almost. production, well, you know, this this Motor City game that we're back in, this rolling right, that's going to be quicker. Yeah. Um, bigger games are going to take longer with with if you're doing molds or you're doing dueling yeah. player boards right. or you're trying to get metal coins. I mean, I backed Frosthaven, I think, three years ago now. Over yeah. three Jeez. years ago. That's it's crazy. been a long time. I, I have games older than that that I haven't funded. Yeah. But I also have a ton of games that I backed way after that that funded. Or yeah. not, not funded, shit, but yeah. shit that I fulfilled. Received, fulfilled yeah. right, is right, what right, I mean right. to say. Well, that was really useful information. Well, Thank you. So go, go back again. Now, now you know every single goddamn thing about Kickstarter. <laughs> you <ever wanted> to <laughs> know. <laughs> well, cool. That was a. I, I enjoyed that Nook topic. Yeah, thanks. When you said when you you mentioned that before the show, I was kind of like, oh, okay, this will be. Yeah, cool. We'll be able to speak about this yeah. for today's game of the episode. We're gonna play a game that Jim Gamer played with Natalie and I on his stream last year that we had a lot of fun with, and it's called Obama Llama. Obama Lama. In this game, I'm going to read a card, and it's going to be a description of something that the two of you will have to figure out the rhyme for. For instance, if I say mysterious snow monster eating Italian noodles, you might say the Yeti the spaghetti Yeti game. A Yeti eating game? spaghetti, exactly. <laughs> that sound cool. All right, so I'm going to read okay. ten of these, and if you think you know the answer, we got the dinger. You want to get the dinger over there, yeah, Jeff? Um, and if, can you can you also keep score because we'll do ten of these? Um, so if you think you know the answer. Ding in, and we will see who wins. Are you ready? Here we go. Okay, got the first card here. Here it. Uh, Scooby Doo's sidekick is a big fan of Homer and Marge Simpson's baby. Scooby Doo's Jeff Shaggy Maggie. <laughs> Shaggy loves Maggie. There you go. Shaggy okay. loves Maggie. Yes, Shaggy oh. loves Maggie. Scooby Doo's okay, so sidekick. Odd. So there is like Shaggy. some connecting where it's not okay. like it's um, not just the rhymes. Okay, you have to like right. say you're trying, you also try not to say the before what it and after, like the okay. Jeopardy category. Correct. It's not necessarily that way. Scooby Doo's sidekick thing. is a big fan of Homer so and Marge. I got it wrong, but I'm gonna give myself a point because do it. Okay, thanks. That's Maddie. fine. One to nothing. <laughs> I was like Scrappy. <laughs> Scrappy's the that's a young that's that's a little that's dog. Scrappy Doo. Yeah. yeah, that's another yeah. sidekick thing. Okay, ready? Kim Kardashian's husband has just revealed guilty secrets to a priest. Now I don't think they're married anymore, but but. Kim Kardashian's husband has just revealed guilty secrets to a priest. Um, is this like an older game? Aren't they divorced now? I think they're divorced now, but it is who. Okay, yeah, yeah, this yeah, came yeah. out in 2019, um, I think. So it rhymes. Everything, everything rhymes. Okay. Yep. But the middle, that like, it's like the, the middle doesn't have to okay. rhyme. The, anyway, yeah. Read that again. Kim Kardashian's husband. Yep. Has just revealed guilty secrets to a priest. I'm going on the next one. Okay. Okay? Okay. All right. Here we go. Rapper who sounds like Charlie Brown's pet is taking up too much space on the highway. (laughs) (laughs) Um. (laughs) Natalie. Snoop Dogg is... I got it if you don't. Being a highway hog. (laughs) Try again, because I got to do. I got to kind of I, do the second one. It's really there. close. Taking it to a space on the highway. Nothing to do with the highway. I said think? the word highway. You're not saying highway. Yes, Jeff. Oh. Snoop Dogg is a road hog. Perfect. Snoop road Dogg hog. is a road hog. Yeah, highway is not going to be in it because I said highway. Well, I was just trying to think of something yeah, to connect it. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Um, okay. Pirates of the Caribbean star. Ooh, that's topical. Oh yeah. Stands at the threshold of your house. <laughs> Natalie. Johnny Depp. Stands on your step. Yeah, stop saying stands. <laughs> well, the words know. are not in the answer. I don't really get but it. But that's fine. That Johnny Depp on your doorstep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. You keep saying the words in the clue in the answer. You don't. <laughs> 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 okay. 
Singer who dated Harry Styles and fell in love with Calvin Harris is being checked over by a police dog. Oh. I have no fucking clue okay. who half of those people in that <laughs> thing is. That's a thing, right? Natalie. Is it Taylor Swift? Is being sniffed? Yes. <laughs> okay. Taylor Swift. I, is being I know who Taylor Swift is. I have no idea who. Like she loves these. People. I don't think I would right, have known that. That that. And it, I don't know this Calvin Harris person. Okay. What's a Harry Styles? Is that a thing? <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> That's a thing, right? Angelina Jolie's husband is enjoying a dessert made from ice cream and a fruit that monkeys like to eat. Jeff. Brad Pitt eating a banana split. Brad yep. Pitt eating a <laughs> banana split. Beautiful. All right, I'm gonna go in the middle of the deck here. Okay. How many was that? Is that that's, that's five? five plus we missed one. Okay, so I've done six, so we yeah. got four more. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Okay, Thirty Rock creator and Sarah Palin lookalike is making horse sounds. <laughs> Jeff. Tina Fey is neighing. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tina Fey going nay. Okay, yeah. Like the middle part's the hard part. I know, to, yeah. like, like what are the say? words yeah. that? <laughs> All right, Snoopy's owner is sporting a long dress worn to a black tie dance and event. Natalie. Charlie Brown going to prom? No. Nope. That's a rhyme. <laughs> In my head, Charlie Brown going to turn. Charlie Brown going to prom. <laughs> All right, Jeff, let's just... Charlie Brown going to prom. I was prom. like, Brown and prom, got it. All right, Snoopy's owner is sporting a long dress worn to a black tie dance and event. What? <laughs> Charlie Brown's wearing a dress in this scenario? Yes. Can I do it? No. Snoopy's <laughs> Snoopy's owner is sporting a long dress worn to a black tie dance and event. Oh, Charlie Brown wearing a gown. Yes, Charlie Brown wearing a ball oh, gown. Yes, okay. correct. I would have got good. it wrong again. <laughs> you have to rhyme them, sweetheart. I was like, Charlie Brown going out on the town. <laughs> That's a good one. That, that does I, rhyme. I think I would have given you style, yeah. point, style points for that one. Okay. Here we go. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Damn. Jeff might not know this, but I think okay. you might. British supermodel who used to date Johnny Depp is in charge of you. <laughs> oh, Natalie. Kate Moss is your boss. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> is that 10? I want to uh, go, I wanna go eight, more. Eight, nine. You missed one. I'm going to do one more because you missed one, right? Well, we have Kanye. So this was not, I think this is our 10th one. Oh, okay. This is 10. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bouncy Tiger from Winnie the Pooh is only after his girlfriend's money. <laughs> Natalie. Tigger is a gold digger. Yeah, yep. Tigger is a gold digger. So you have one left, which would tie it up if Natalie Kanye. got it. Okay, so you have more. Kim Kardashian's husband has just revealed guilty secrets to a priest. Oh. Natalie. Kanye West goes to confess. Sean, do we give it to her? Yeah, why not? All right. It's Make Kanye it West has confessed. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I didn't That's know. I, was, I had the word confession word. written down. Like, doing confession. So you know what this is? What? This is the Uh-oh. tiebreaker because it is currently Yeah. Are we ready? Sure. Curly-haired, 21 Jump Street star demands his empty drink is topped off. Jeff. Jonah Hill wants a refill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jonah Hill wants a refill. Give that man a refill. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, congratulations. Hey. You have won the first installment of Obama Llama. Obama Llama. That was really good. There's Some of those are really funny. I like when Jeff's like, I don't know who half these people are. Who, who the hell is he talking yeah. about? 
In today's top five, we're going to take a look at our picks of games that play with five or six players. Uh, oftentimes, games play great at four, but once you add in an extra player or two, that list narrows significantly. We're going to give you our list of games that can make you feel like your game night is still all set if you have that extra player or two show up. And I I, I don't think this has to be super stringent uh, that it only plays five or six. I think it can go up a little higher. The way I did my list was on games that were more gamery. Me gamer too. games yeah, like because like you can pick any party game that plays more but it's yeah, like you have a game games are party game yeah none of my games are party games either so i want to go natalie jeff me on this one so natalie whenever you're ready kick it off with your number five okay i just want i just really want to check something real quick i'm so sorry Uh-oh. Oh, all right we're gonna go jeff natalie me yeah <laughs> okay i'm good okay okay take it away all right my number five is a game called <sighs> Forgotten Waters. Ooh, I love that That's one. Great. Good pick. That's fun. Yes, that plays up to seven, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and we've played that with five, I think. Right? We'll say we played me, you, Jeff, All the Joe, and Dave, you and me. Jen. Me, you, Jeff, Joe, oh, and Dave, Jen. Jen. It's at five and six? I don't know if Jen played. Jen played. Oh, okay. Um, we played five yes. and six then, maybe. It's good. Plays up yeah, to seven. Yeah, and it's great. Well, I, I would. Oh God. That's that. If we did a list of games that like you know aren't going to get played, but that's all you want to do is play them. That's I think that's the number one game on the li- on my list because I feel like it's not great two players, but we're never going to have enough yeah. people to go because it's a long game. Yeah, like we played half of one at your house that one time, Jeff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was so bummed out that we didn't finish it, and I understood why it was long, but I was like, we're never going to finish this scenario. It's not going to happen. It's just not. Gonna-. I was so bummed because I was having like yeah, a blast really playing it. That's a fantastic pick. All right, Jeff, what about you? What's your number five? My number five is a game that was mentioned earlier, kind of randomly. Kemet is my number five. Oh, that's a um, good one. Yeah, Kemet plays the five, and that's another with with that type of game, area control, combat-y, you know, you're kind of building a tech tree-ish kind of thing with that pyramid. Um, but that one can, those type of games, a lot of times are four. You play four, you know, yes. Rising Sun four. But this, Kemet is, plays great at five, doesn't extend the game any longer because you're still kind of vying for the same set of points right um so that's my number five is kemet that's a fantastic pick uh number five for me is a game that jeff has talked about probably he probably named this game four or five times on this show already and it's a game that came out just recently from kickstarter i think my favorite polyamino game honestly if i had to if you gunned my head at it and that's planet unknown this is a game and and i here's a here's the thing if you're if you have four people you think you have four people this game is a great pick but yeah. if two extra people show up, this game is still a great pick. Yeah. Because again, like uh, Jeff just talked about a second ago, and this, the, you, it doesn't really add any extra time because everyone's kind of doing everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. I pick a tile, you all pick a tile on my turn, and we all place it together at the same time. Yeah. So that's my number five, Planet Unknown. Natalie, what about you? My number four is um, It's a Wonderful World. Awesome pick. We played that a few times with more people and. I mean, I feel like it's just as fun with two as it is with five. I want to play that again. We should get that out soon. That's yeah. that's one that I would love. To, I always really want to play that some more. That's a great game. It's a wonderful world. All right, Jeff, what about you? What's your number four? My number four is a game I know you didn't love the first time you played it called Artemis Project. Yeah. Um, okay. Again, good thinky game and um, dice placement. There's a little bit of take that in the game. Mm-hmm. But again, it feels like a Euro game. It feels like you're playing a game and it'll support five solidly. I feel like I could have done a list of five and six. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and I never so I never felt like, because there definitely is some take that in that game, but I never felt like it was as mean as a lot of people say it is. 
Me either. Yeah, you're just kind of you're kind of bumping people. Like, yeah, it's not like there was somebody risk by playing a lower dice in a space. It's not like I'm like fuck you. Yeah, but you took a risk by putting a lower number there. Right. You're not going to. I'm going to come in there and yeah. take it away. I, there was a list. I think or I was watching the dice towers like top 100, and it was like. It wasn't Tom or Z. It was like some offshoot people who I didn't even know. Yeah. But they were doing their list, and one of them had Artemis Project, and they were like, "Oh man, this game is so mean!" And I, you know, I, I, I still love it, even though it's so mean. Everyone was like piling on, like, "Yeah," and I was like, "I've played that a few times. I don't remember that. I don't remember yeah. feeling like I can't play this because it's just so mean. I don't right, remember yeah. that. You know, um, that's a great pick, number four for me. And I, I'm not going to put this super high, but I still think it's great to be talked about because I love games where you could the higher the player count, it doesn't add to the time. And for me, that's sure. Hadrian's Wall. Mm-hmm. That's it's you, that plays up to six players, and it's just everyone's going together. It can take a little more time because you're waiting for other people to end. But still, in theory, everyone's doing everything simultaneously. So you're not waiting necessarily for your turn to come around. You can just kind of keep going. Yeah. And I feel this is a fantastic game at one, two, three, four, five, or six. Yeah. So that's my number four. Natalie, what about you? What's your number three? My number three is kind of relevant. It's a ladder climbing game called Custom Heroes. Awesome. I pick. love that game. That's a great pick. Okay. Jeff, what's your number three? My it's number like a- three. <laughs> yeah. uh, my number three is a game I've been really dying <laughs> oh, to get back man. to the table um, called Kalimala. Plays oh, okay. Um, and Kalimala is cool because it, you know, it plays good at three. But also at five, you can set up, you you, ha, you take turns on other people's turns because when you place a disc on an action space, you, underneath, all the discs underneath get to take an action as well. Yeah. So you can kind of set up the board awesomely so you're not sitting by yourself while four other people take turns. Mm-hmm. Right. You then can kind of plan out like, all right, I might get two more resources before it's my turn again. And I love feeling like that, that you're not taking your turn and sitting and waiting. And then all of a sudden, five turns later, then you get to take your turn again. Yeah. This one has that cool feeling of you're playing while everybody else is playing. So you don't lose anything, I feel like, at more people. That's cool. Yeah. Kalimala, right? Yes. Kalimala. Kalimala. Awesome. Number three for me is a game from Skybound Games called Sorcerer City. And that's a really fun game that, again, it's simultaneous play. So six players in theory, plays very similarly as it does at four players. And it's a good, it's it's just really fun. That's a really fun game. We played it at NerdFest with everybody, and I think everyone had a blast. We were all standing up like, oh, God, what are we going to do? Real-time game that's really fun. Real-time tile-laying game with a really cool theme. That's my number three, Sorcerer's City. Plays up to six. Natalie, what about you? What's your number two? My number two is one of my favorite games of all time, Istanbul. Oh, yeah. Yep. Good one. Yeah. That was coming yeah. on my Very list because I, I own it. Istanbul <laughs> <laughs> goes to five, eh? Yeah, it goes to five. Yeah. I think we've played it with five at like some it's good nerd fest, and it's oh I think yeah, it's great. Oh, God, it was two nerd fests ago. I think yeah, it was like, was, like one of the best plays play. ever. Yeah. We played with like all the expansions. It was and five so people, good. and it was awesome. Very cool game. Good pick. Good pick. Jeff, number two for you. My number two is Isle of Sky, um, and Isle of Sky I think also gets better at four or five people. Yeah, it plays five. I yeah, think, you want more auction. You know, stuff three. I think on. it's fine. Um, but with four and five, there's more people that can buy your tiles. Yeah, there's more tiles tile, to right. buy from. So not not only that game support five people, I would say it's encouraged to play with five people, and you still get a good game feel. You're still building your own city, um, Isle of Sky. Love it. Very good one. Number two for me is a negotiation game. Natalie's not a big fan of it, but I love it so much. We played it at a. I've played it a bunch of times, but we played it. I think Jeff played it at Nerdfest one time. And it's called Chinatown. Yeah, this plays up to five, I believe, and it's a game where 
I like thinking of games where you don't you're not bummed when you're playing with five. Like kind of like Jeff just talked about, like Isle of Sky gets enhanced with more. Chinatown's the same way. If there's five, it's like, ooh, yeah, let's grab it. Chinatown's yeah. one I want to grab at yeah. five because you want the most people hustling and bustling and making deals and wheeling and dealing as possible. Yeah. So that's my number two Chinatown. Natalie, what is your number one? Number one. Oh man. I thought you were going to say this one, and you might still say it. Sorry, right. go it. ahead. No, you can say it. Say, say your, nah, speak your truth, know. lady. Well, because like the one that I was going to say, I like better, but this one's more of a game. Game. Whatever you want. Do your list. It's not my list. Right, I'm going to do the one yours. I like better. I'm going to say Bonanza. Okay, damn it. Oh, <laughs> that was your. Yeah, that was, oh, that's fine. I got tons. I no, I got a bunch. Say, um, that was what I was going to say. I mean, that one. I feel like you should play with minimum five, because the more, the better. Yep. Yeah, with that, game. that's a good game Four to reach for, for if sure. you have five or six. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. beautiful, beautiful pick and game casters essential. Yeah, my number one. After I tell you my number one, I'm gonna do a quick Instagram top five too nice. from the answers on Instagram. So uh, my number one is Keyflower. No surprise to anybody. Again, that game thrives at the five and six number because now you can place your meeples on other people's towns. Sure and the does. Towns are bigger <laughs> and your market is bigger for when you're bidding, and the game is just great. But also doesn't increase the time a crazy amount when yeah. you're playing with four to six people. Yeah. Um, Keyflower is so good. So quick top five. Do you want to do, 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 do top five before my yeah, number yeah, one? Yeah, no, do, do you. Yeah, let me do my number one. All right, so number one for me. Number one for me is a game that, oh, God, I've loved this game ever since I got into the hobby. And it is, I think it's best at five, still very good at six. You don't want to play with seven or eight if you have those expansions. And it's <laughs> Cosmic Encounter. Oh, yeah. Cosmic Encounter is is it. good at four. It's good. It's best, in my opinion, at five. It's also very, very good at six. Uh, it's another game where there's kind of like negotiation stuff happening. So having more players can be beneficial. But again, there's that sweet spot. But this is a perfect game I would I would uh, grab for a five or six player game night where somebody wants to play like a heavier heavier game. Um, so you got did a people it, stop five too? Did you leave off one of your favorite games because it's not good at five? Hansa um, Teutonica, did may, you leave off? I, there, there was a game that I thought you were gonna say that you didn't say too. I have a big laundry list of okay. games okay. I didn't. Okay. I didn't right. say. So let me do here's IG I, top yes. five. Number five, Root. Um, oh, and I would hmm. think yep. perfectly plays be- way better at more numbers. Yeah, yeah, it's a great sense. answer. Instagram yep. number four, Viticulture. Um, okay. I don't know if you have to have the expansion to go five and six. Yeah. But Viticulture for sure. Number three was there. My number one, which is Keyflower. Nice. Number two, Twilight Imperium. I've heard that's always best at. Agreed. More people. Yep, you want more. And then their number one is Scythe, which I know doesn't hit with us. But yeah. I, but I would think wow. is better. So they at like that with five more. or six. Um, do we want to do? Do you want me to run through honorable mentions? Yeah, I got you? a bunch as well. So yeah. go ahead. Um, so the Instagram honorable mentions: Twister, uh, <laughs> Terraforming Mars. Terraforming Mars definitely needs an expansion. Expansion to go five or six. Oh, Western Legends, Spirit Island. Um, you, Spirit Island needs the expansion as well. Mm. Euphoria, Obsession needs the expansion. Oh yeah, Euphoria. Um, that was a good one. Tesla buy. versus Edison, mm-hmm. Hadrian's Wall, Inish, Power Grid, Viva Java, which definitely needs good more. Game. That's a great one. But yeah, you want um, five or Caverna six. and Eclipse were the Instagram's honorable mentions. Oh, I want to play Eclipse. My honorable mentions, like again, my, this could have been a top ten of games that I like love. Dinogenics is good with more people. Nidavellir five is almost perfect. Then Broom Service, you need five because other than that, you get like a dummy card, which I don't like. Um, Smartphone Inc. because it's a kind of an area control markety sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Concordia, Lords of Waterdeep, Euphoria, Obsession, Planet Unknown, Viticulture were all my honorable mentions. Very so. good. Uh, can I go next? Yeah, mine, sure. mine was uh, so I had Bonanza, yep. Belfort, 
goes up to oh, yeah, five, which is five. very yeah. good. Elia Iacta Est is a good game if you mm-hmm. have that in a little time frame. Cryptid, uh, Demeter, Forgotten Waters, That's which is on one. Natalie's list. Demeter was what you thought I was going to say? I just thought you were going to say that for sure. Demeter, yep. Uh, Hadara is a very good game oh, in the I vein of Seven yep. Wonders. That good plays one. five. Hansa Teutonica, as Jeff mentioned, one of my favorite games of all time, plays really good with five. Istanbul on Natalie's list. It's a wonderful world on Natalie's list. Uh, uh, an offshoot of Jeff's number one was uh, Keyflower was mine, Keyflow, right. which mm-hmm. also, yeah, again, plays very, very good. For one. I was go- yeah, I when you said it at one, I was like, okay, I'm not going to say yeah. it now. <laughs> uh, Planet Unknown as I, uh, Planet Unknown was on my list, and oh, that's it. So that's it for me. So I, I, um, I, went to, like, I had a lot there. of what you guys had, but I won't repeat the ones that you didn't say <laughs> were Letter Jam. Maybe you said that. Nope. Uh, Rolling nope. Round. Letter Jam is great. Okay. And Metro yep. X. Oh yeah, Metro X. That's fun. Cool. Fun game. Awesome. That's our top five games that play well with five or six. So that's going to do it for us tonight, everybody. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us on Instagram at GameCasters or at MadBoardGamer. Both of those accounts service the podcast. We also have a Facebook group. Just search GameCasters and you'll find us there. You can also email us at thegamecasterspodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, we'd love it if you consider giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen that allows you to rate us. We've also got a Patreon. If you want to support the show, feel free to head on over to patreon.com forward slash thegamecasters. There's also a merch store where you can find all sorts of different game casters mad board gamer gateway gear so head on over to the gatewaynetwork.com forward slash store please follow me and consider subscribing on twitch at twitch.tv forward slash game casters so for natalie and jeff the mad board gamer i'm ryan and you have been listening to the game casters good night everybody She sells seashells down by the seashore. Do again. She sells seashells down by the seashore. One more time. She sells seashells down by the seashore. She sells seashells. She sells seashells down by the seashore. She sells. Oh, I'm sorry. Now give me some levels. Don't say that angrily. We can reenact it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I don't really feel good. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. Okay, can we get some levels, please? Thank you for that. That was stupid. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs>